Chick Movie Podcast for Rough Night. My name is Tom Chick. I'm here to discuss this movie that I saw called Rough Night with Christian Murkowski. Why do you insist on calling me Murkowski when I told you it was culturally insensitive? And I just take it up with uh, Alaska. You know, there's an Alaskan senator who has your same last name. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if she's Polish like Dingus is, but it's, uh, I don't know if they're related, but it's true. How'd she get it? Uh, I don't know. The land of Sarah Palin up there, Kelly Wan, anything can happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I didn't know that was Dingus' last name. It's weird. And also, speaking of Kelly Wand, we have Kelly Wand bringing us taglines for Rough Night. Kelly Wand, what do you got? It's like very bad things, but with a hooker. I don't understand that one. Keep going until, you, until we come to one that I understand. The ending syncs up perfectly with A New Hope. <laughs> Completely lost. Keep going. Really? I like that one. Uh, new Hope. I like the I, – I predicted that reaction to like Tommy Daniel. <laughs> First of all, are you calling Star Wars? That's not Wars? true and therefore not funny. <laughs> Do you think you're referencing the movie Star Wars when you say A New Hope? Are you one of those people? Uh, my joke is that uh, Rogue One and Rough Night sound a little similar, and Rogue One doesn't sync up with New Hope. So the fact that Rough Night does is ironic. I'm sure that Dingus understood that. That sounds like right Laugh. in the house. And you were like, wait a minute. I can't break this down at all. Kelly, Kelly can't wants to say random and dumb. I better figure it out. Well, so give us know. a third one. And let's see if I understand it finally. Let's Get see. easier. That's the only tricky one for okay. you. It's like that Elizabeth Banks one, but with a blonde. Did you ever see that one? I did. I like that. Uh, this is like the shameful walk home. What was that called? Walk of shame, I think. Walk of shame, yeah. yeah the shameful like, walk home. Wow. Like after hours. But That's with originally what they were going to call it, Dingus, but they decided to simplify it. It was too poetic. Yeah, they're gonna go, people will go, what does after hours mean? Uh, uh, I, if you, so why did you see Walk of Shame, Kelly Wand? Elizabeth Banks. Well, of course, the same reason I saw it. <laughs> Still, yeah, yeah. For the whole movie. And then taking off the dress sometimes and then putting it back on again. But she's got to get uh, across town to make it to her like uh, news broadcast. It's really – it's fraught with right. tension and drama. It's frothy with tension. Oh, when you when you were talking about taking off the dress and putting it back on, I thought you were talking about yourself. He always is. Wait, you – I – Wait, <laughs> New Hope? What? <laughs> huh? Wow. Let's talk about things that make sense by you telling the listeners without spoiling hey, anything. Fuck. Oh, you weren't, you weren't done? Wow. Okay, what else? Hold the cat. I thought I did with Elizabeth Banks one. Yeah, I thought that was you peeking. So I, I thought the new hope it was me peeking, but how are you spelling peeking? Group of one. Uh, I'd even do the corpse. <laughs> right. I actually that one was good. I, uh, you almost made me do a spit take. Very nice. <sighs> All right, else? now Dingus, tell, tell the listeners what movie we saw without giving away spoilers. That's going to be Kelly Wan's job in just a little bit. Oh, so sorry. Right. So this week we saw a rough night. Mm-hmm. A 2017 American comedy movie about how the resolution is best left until after the credits. It oh, was. It is? <laughs> That's spoiler alert. It was directed by Lucia Agnello, who also wrote it with Paul W. Downs, Ugh. who also starred in it. Who's he? He's the boyfriend. He's like, I'm going to put myself uh, in my own movie. Who is he? 
He's Paul. diaper man. Come on. Sad <laughs> astronaut, Kelly Wand. Come on, he wrote this yeah. and decided, I'm going to write a part for myself. And that's what he wrote. Why not? Uh, I'm a six. I'm a six. I could be in this. She's a 20. Why not? Yeah, I could fuck Scott Johansson. Everyone, that's plausible. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the one who would marry her out of this group of actors. All right. <laughs> Uh, also with uh, uh, so Paul W. Downs stars in this movie with Alana oh. Glazer, Zoe Glazer, Zoe Glazer. Oh, what did I write down? Here? Kravitz. Yeah, Kravitz. Thank you. Alana Glazer, Zoe Kravitz, Jillian Bell, uh-huh. Scarlett Johansson, and Kate McKinnon. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's a really good Irish accent, Kelly. I like that. She's a great, she agrees with me. It's the easiest accent to do. It's rough. not an accent either. It's almost not. Uh, rough Night Little is rated desert. R for crude sexual content. Yeah. Not just sexual content, but crude sexual content. You guys have to understand there's a difference. Uh, le- language throughout, <laughs> not classy sexual Language throughout, drug use, and brief, bloody images. <laughs> Tell what? Trump. Trump might tweet about it, man. Yeah, I guess brief, like, brief yeah, bloody images. Like There's, when you have the uh, thing where the blood comes out from behind someone's head on the floor? I guess yeah, that's that a bloody image. He's bleeding so. from his whatever. Duh. Kelly Wan, did the MPAA miss anything that parents should know about? I found it to be good for all ages, but especially if you're 81. All right. That was the only lady in my audience who was cackling like a fucking barnyard animal the whole time. <laughs> she must have enjoyed it, yeah. Or no she's part. the mother of Paul Downs. <laughs> oh, he's still wearing his diaper, just like he did when I had him. She said something like that. Uh, the studio, Sony, they figured, you know, we might have we, – we've got something here. We're expecting a $20 million opening weekend. Like it might actually hit 20. It might exceed it, we're hoping. I love it when it's an internal monologue. And when you introduce math, like, hey, <laughs> that was me doing the studio, though. Tell that was all right. It's a studio talk. That was that was Sony's was internal monologue before they the released this this Scarlett Johansson movie, because that's kind of how they're thinking. Not of it. Nobody, humans nobody really knows who Jillian Bell is. I mean, people might recognize her from, oh, she was in one of those 22 Jump Street movies. But people know who Scarlett Johansson is. And uh, that's that's I think what Sony was thinking. Hey, she's in Ghost in the Shell and the Avengers. Let's put her in a comedy. Twenty million dollar opening. It doesn't even crack number five. It opens in really? seventh. It opens in seventh place with a mere eight million dollars. Uh, it tanked on right because Ghost in the Shell tank too. So now Scarlet's on a cold streak, and that means nudity can't be far behind Kelly Wand. That's a dumb conclusion, but all right. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, whatever. It's not chick nudity. What are you talking? I don't about? know. Showgirls bombed, and that had lots of nudity in it. So maybe I'm dumb. Yeah, but how did striptease do? Exactly. They both tanked. No one wanted to see either of them. Hmm. Uh. So, <laughs> yes, Tom. Sorry. The ratings on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie. Of all of the reviews for it, 52 percent are negative. That's pretty high, then, for such a number not five breaker, isn't it? On Metacritic, the average rating for the reviews. 51 on Metacritic. Uh, Cinema score? 
audience was having none of it. They were like, ew, C+. Plus. Yeah. Yeah, they they hated it. Hated it. Almost as much as It Comes at Night. That got a D. Uh, but nothing other, nothing gets lower than a B on CinemaScore. That, unless that it, could have been a title for this movie, too. What? It, it Comes at Night? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Kelly Wand. I think it would have been they rather than it. And, and Rough Night's a good horror movie title. Speaking Rough. of uh, titles, Kelly Wan, what would you call a synopsis of Rough Night? Rough Nipsis. Oh, well, let's hear that. I just had to change <laughs> the first part from Transformers. It sounded like he just surrendered to the title. Rough Nipsis. It's that kind of opsis. It was a rush job. A rough job? Sex talk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that'll sum it up, too. Rough Nipsis. <laughs> Things that might have been said during Rough Night. Hey, ladies, we're together. You have to have sex with both of us. Okay, last round ever, beer pong. Fat character, you got me three tires at Wendy's. You can do this. Oh, I did jerk off my roommate with his feet. Oh, we could be the first women to make men drink beer. For womankind, stop making me horny and shoot. We did it. Later in bed. Parties suck. Let's not have one until 2017. My class tomorrow is bungee jumping. The fat girls all. My vibrator's going off randomly. A girls all. Hey, Al Gore is coming tomorrow. Sounds like someone doesn't want to go to Australia. Ten years later, some words say rough nipsis. Scarlett Johansson leaves acting, develops a facial tick, and runs a campaign ad directed by Ed Wood to become Trump's press secretary. <laughs> yeah, sixty percent. Yeah. <laughs> She can't smile. See, like she's no good at smiling. It's it's oh, not. It means? doesn't come natural to her. You see, that's the whole gag. She can't quite. It's just she has a, a resting, non-smiling face. She doesn't Ooh. smile for the whole movie till the end. Well, no, ignore that part. We're just making a joke right now with the little ad. Yeah. <laughs> well said, Tom. Hey, I didn't even get that. Out of it. I was just she was she wasn't acting during that part. It's not like they cast someone with a beautiful smile. You see. A Cast point. a hot girl and then never mind. Pretend she's awkward. Yeah. For like one Eric. scene. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Kelly Wand, continue with the rough with the Ropsis. The rough opsis. Idiots too. <laughs> the Ropsis. Yeah, sixty yeah, percent of voters said you won't put out. What? Crime sewage, these are real problems. Yeah, but he apologized and then sent the right dick pic. People want to have beer with that. Not that. He points to her vagina. Later. Hi, honey. I got my IED taken out from Miami. Oh, and good news. The dick pics ahead in the polls. Get it? Hey, babe. <laughs> got your fam fries. Extra nut. Uh, the cashier called me a dipshit. I tipped her my whole wallet. Kelly, what I predict this will be remembered forever as your Paul W. Downs impression. Oh, that's his name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to impersonate his writing, too. (laughs) God, this weekend's coming at the worst time. It's like that time we took Xanax and slept for 16 years. Let's fuck. Honey, we can't have sex. I have four things to do. Okay, I'll go masturbate in the shower. I love you, too. One rough morning later. Yeah, here we are in an airport. That's the fat girl, by the way. (laughs) Wow. She doesn't listen. She has a name, you know. Alice? Very good. 
Connor. Bridesmaids down. Yeah, the fat, the McCarthy is roughly. Yeah, here we are in an airport. Here's some pink ding-dong antennae. You should have worn these in Ghost in the Shell. Speaking of which, we're going to be swimming in dicks. Alice, be careful swimming in dicks. I can't wait to see my girls. In a park, the Broad City chicks all. Okay, people, if anyone has to leave this texting protest, text my cell phone immediately. Bye. You're one of them. The plane accidentally misses flying into a billboard that says Miami. Sup, Zoe. Stop flirting with me. Broad City girl. Wait. <laughs> Switch those two voices. <laughs> we stopped having sex, I guess. The, hat, the fat girl's all. I have half a pound of weed in my bra. My mom thinks I have Alzheimer's. Aww. Mm. Those are them hugging. Well, we only have 55 hours and we're still in this airport, so party starts now. She shoots a gun at Scarlet, but everybody screams and ducks because they think it's champagne. The Homeland Security guys put the safeties back on their champagne bottles and reholster them. Later at a door. Hi, I'm Scarlett Johansson's character in this. I think my name's Mildred. We're here to pick up keys. Oh my god, your genitals are off screen. Is your marriage open? I want that. No, but we'll keep it down. I want that. Later in the house place. Hey, everybody, I'm going to take a protest down. (laughs) You guys like later in the house place? Yeah. Yep. That stuff's good, Kelly. Forget the acting part. Those aren't working. Descriptions of where things are happening is top notch. Try and have those carry the water for you. Hey, everybody, I'm going to take a protest dump. (laughs) Thanks, Broad City. By the way, this house won't sell for under (laughs) sex on the open market. Oh, your character's traits that she knows how much houses cost? I wonder how that'll pay off. (laughs) (laughs) It's hug noises. Okay, girls, it's me, the fat one, talking. Now, here's some penis pasta, penis birthday cards, penis, and also penis vagina. Hey, guys, look, this upstairs closet's got a load bearing in it. Oh, my God, R-rated. That rough (laughs) evening. Uh, Can we be in the picture, too? Rhoda, don't be like that. Hey, look, it's Kate McKinnon tripping over stuff. Guys, this is McKinnon here. Uh, She's Australian in this. (laughs) It's like I'm a best friend, your best roommates. Yeah, Australia's dumb. I'm Begora, uh... Check, please. When you got Vegemite in a purse, it's a meal. Uh, yeah. So, McKinnon, uh, what do you do? Party clown. I know, me, Kate McKinnon. I also have a job on SNL. <laughs> ding, ding, toast time. Check, please. Scarlet, even though you change your Brita filters, you're still my best friend. I'm going to the bathroom. Anyone want to come? Oh. Oh, hey guys, can we change the name of this movie to Early Night? I'm tired of this role. <laughs> boy, that bus boy just took me empty plate. In Australia, plate takes you. The fat girl again. Oh, I smoked some shoji root and died on a cruise. Just cocaine for me tonight, thanks. 
Scarlet means so much to me if we did blow together. I was tired. Now I'm on cocaine, Miami. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever, Nanook. Now everybody put on these sashes and let's walk around while music plays. They walk aimlessly in slow motion behind Scarlett Johansson while music plays. Aw, plus size character, don't drink your vomit. That's why you're so heavy. Guys, what gender stripper should we get? Speaking of which, I need a tampon. I'll use David cups. Me neighbor. They go to the house. Everybody dances till someone fat falls. Meanwhile, the guy <laughs> characters. <laughs> which sparks Paul Downs' arrival. Meanwhile, the guy characters we don't know at all drink wine. Scarlet's boyfriend's like a gay ruffalo, kind of. <laughs> you just made Paul W. Downs his knight, Kelly Wand. Yeah, you did. Yeah, he wishes he was gay ruffalo. Don't we got- all? Licorice. Nostalgia. B-plot. You're all correct. <laughs> oh, great. Scarlett Johansson's calling me. <laughs> Hello? Hey, honey, it's getting pretty R-rated over here, thanks to my writing. (laughs) Meanwhile, the girls smoke weed out of a lemon. I love McKinnon, don't you? Guys, do you think she's a terrorist? I don't want to do anything illegal tonight except blow and murder. Hey, look, my character's in a pool! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, just FYI, I didn't have time to self-wag, so it's like a jungle down there. That's my campaign slogan. Look, girls, stripper's here. Ugh. Guys, he looks like he's on something and he wants to eat our feces. Okay, stripper, do whatever you want to Scarlett Johansson. Fucker. <laughs> the stripper throws his coat into Scarlett's face. <laughs> Holy shit, he has testicles. Happy Boxing Day. I'm aroused but have to pee. Come on, buddy, let's get to the beans. Like this. She murders him. <laughs> 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 That's what getting to the beans means. <laughs> Guys, his brain's over here. I think he's dead. Someone call YouTube. Don't worry, I have chloroseptic. It's extra strength, bitch. Oh my god, there's blood in his armpits. Still interested. Don't use those towels. Guys, according to his business card, he's not a stripper, he's a prostitute. <gasps> we have a stripper killed by white women. I'm black. Ha ha, you forgot. Norma. <laughs> uh, pizza guy character. You guys, he can see in. Turn off the lights. Maybe he'll have sex with us. Hey, thanks for the pizza. No tip. Bye. Guys, how can you eat? Actually, I'll have some. Okay. Coppers are going to try and crack us. Fortunately, my lawyer's Bernie Madoff. Aw. <laughs> cool. Call him. Shit, it's my fiance. Uh, 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 <laughs> Hi, Gay Ruffalo? <laughs> Everything's great. I didn't kill the hooker personally. Bye. <laughs> Dude, you broke my phone. Let's go to the liquor store. <laughs> That's Broad City, obviously. I don't want to go to the liquor store with you. You used to semantic. Oh, it's Wordsmith here. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, bro, it's not cheating if it's with a prostitute, unless you don't pay them. Prostitutes consider that cheating. Damn, she screamed no on the phone. I guess she means the wedding's off. Meanwhile, 
Hey, old people, we need a burner phone. Baby boomers. <laughs> Stan Lee. <laughs> really? As I get older, I'm just going to have one voice, and it'll be Stan Lee's voice, and that'll be my natural speech. Can we pick which voice? Yeah. If, if there's I'll one voice you're going to land on? We can't have Bailing all the time, Dingus. Come on. That's a good point. Back at the house again. Aw, this prostitute could have cured cancer. Oh, you don't know what Skype is? I can talk to animals. <laughs> Guys, look, that dog's eating McKinnon. Guys, this is a poltergeist situation because the garage door's broken. Hang on, lawyer on the phone. Ladies, I'll tell you what I told Lutz. Just don't touch the body and it's not murder. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? Why was the lawyer talking to Kellen Lutz? What? what uh, yeah. Kellen Lutz called him at one time. <laughs> All right. They've got a pretty prominent lawyer then. They have Kellen Lutz as lawyer. That's, wow. Kellen Lutz isn't as saintly as we think. Or as smart. <laughs> He's less than that. Yeah, lawyer, uh, we put him in a sex swing. Oh, no. What are we going to do? A girl in Tampa only missed her husband, and she went to jail for 20 years. I assume she used a gun. I can't do 20 years. I'm in a custody battle. Whoa, fuck murder. You and Jaden broke up? I couldn't even make it through the new episode of Orange is the New Black. <laughs> None of us did. <laughs> Pavarotti. <laughs> Remember Tom? I do. I, I, yeah. Like, yeah. I do. can't stand that guy. <laughs> Some crying voice. Look, guys, let's be honest. We didn't have to kill him. We wanted to. Meanwhile. Guys, this just isn't some girl. It's Scarlett Johansson. She's a six and I'm a 20. I need to win her back. Bro, sad astronaut. You got to buy diapers. Not this brandy's leak. Back in Miami. Oh, boy, this is heavy, especially the body. I took one to school every day. Hello, I'm your landlord character walking on this beach. Oh. <laughs> Don't mind me, unexpected character. I'm just having sex with this pizza man's corpse. Oh, desalu brandes. Kate, they're gone. You can get off the corpse now. No, that's not what we meant. Yeah. Okay, time to throw him in some water. Should we say something? Goodbye, prostitute. We're sorry. We suck. Okay, you can dump him now. Kate McKinnon crashes a boat. <laughs> Oi, don't worry. I landed on me neck. I got brake and gas mixed up. In Australia, neck breaks you. Meanwhile, this is not my Spanish tape. Sir, you've been... Diapers, get out of the car, sir. Move slow. She's a six. Back in Miami. What's a human friend to peed? If we don't do it, everyone will think we're murderers. I get the middle. Oh, look how cute we look bending over. <laughs> Shit, our prostitute floated back to shore. I'm going to go meditate on the beach and have a genius idea. Police, get against the wall. <laughs> this cop sexually assaulted me, so I made him unconscious somehow. Let's see his dick pic. Wait, he's flaccid. That means he's the stripper. Then who did we kill? Guys, I rechecked the first body's business card. Now it says he's a diamond smuggler? I don't like to masturbate in front of my cockatiel. She's a screamer. 
I just dreamed I had jet lag. Plus, we could eat the guy. You're the asshole fat character. Scarlet, you had a bridal shower? What? It, it was for the groom. Besides, you just planned this event just so you could post poet. <laughs> oh. Just so you could post photos to prove your life's sad. Scarlet, that was fat to the mean character. I mean, whatever. I'm going to go self-wax so my mugshot's cute. Hey, look, the first dead stripper's phone's a tracking device. Uh, maybe we should turn it off. They don't. Ten minutes later. Miami PD. Hi, officers. He's dead. Yeah, don't worry. We wanted girls to kill this guy. Good work, ladies. Welcome to the force. <laughs> and in convoluted, conveniently time news, those aren't cops. Tampon! <laughs> Tampon, tampon, tampon. Yo, lady, get your friend uh, convolution or whatever. Meanwhile, upstairs. <sighs> there you are, boys. First R-rated movie where I have a shower scene. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Zing. Hey, what's this wedding card unopened? Fuck the body and male voices downstairs. I better open this. Dear Scarlet, I wrote you this card. Before I knew you, you didn't introduce me as your friend, and I knew my mom was going to be okay. She always says, that's my daughter's roommate. P.S. I put some wet wipes in your cake. Pavarotti face. Okay, dames. There's diamonds upstairs, maybe. Gary, shoot anyone who moves. Except us. Ow, the water in my eyes. I handcuffed the sink. Fuck you. I mean, okay. Scarlet, your robe's open. Don't worry, the audience didn't see shit, even if they still pause that frame. <laughs> Yay, we shot the head villain in the leg, like in Snatched. Oh. <laughs> that character, you were right. That was a card. I had a sex dream about your husband. Hey, look, my husband randomly just drove a car through the front of a house he knew we were in and said something in Spanish. He seems drugged. <laughs> They're a deleted scene? <laughs> Scarlet, does my dick bend weird? Yes, more than ever. Let's get married. But the campaign, voters hate married candidates. Do you, Scarlet, take this character to be your wife? Yeah, I'm a priest too. Didn't mention that before. Then by the power vested in me, the movie's over. <laughs> Wait, so you guys did get in trouble for murder or evidence tampering or? No, we got a coupon for macaroni grill. Paul Downs. Oh, excuse me, fat girl. Uh, I'm the same character Amy Schumer shot down at the end of Snatch because her mom was dancing. <laughs> Would you like a free drink from the bar? Well, thanks. I'm on a date with the 20-year-old male prostitute who was molested my list. You... <laughs> wow. Uh, I hate doing these in the morning. No thanks, I'm on a date with the 20-year-old male prostitute who molested my lesbian friend in a police uniform. Oh. All those murders made me and Zoe lesbians again. <laughs> Scarlet, good news. 413% of undecideds love that you're a murderer. The votes are demanding another six elections just so they can keep voting for you repeatedly. I'm holding a camera. Some words tell me who taught McKinnon how to drive a boat. The end. Boat. The thing is, there's a scene after the credits. Yeah. Oh. The scene after the credits that should have been in the movie that I was expecting to be in the movie, but yeah. 
I should have stayed. Thought there'd be one. You're like, I'm gonna see if there's any Easter eggs. Well, Dingus always stays for credits. Like, yeah, uh, I, stay, I stay for the credits. <laughs> to his credit and my sometimes annoyance, because uh, sometimes I just uh, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Dingus feels obligated, even after something like Rough Night, which I, you know, who knows? Maybe he loved it. Even after something that he doesn't care for, he will politely sit there and sit through the credits and wait for the last little studio logo. And uh, who were yeah, the PAs on this? That was good. <laughs> so Dingus finds out things like. This scene he's about to tell us about at the end of Rough Night, Dingus Go. Oh, what did yeah. we miss? I don't know what's going to happen. They all die. No. What do you think should happen? What? What? Uh, what? The co- the criminals get out and they're going to like do a Home Alone two on her. So they're they have to have another wedding. The fat so, girl's going to marry. I'm going to make a serious guess. I'm what guessing it? does something like the the older couple at the convenience store. Is it nope. something? It's like some callback to a dumb a sexy joke. couple callback. They're no. What? What's oh. the dumb? What's the dumb MacGuffin in the movie? Diamonds. Oh, right. so a dog finds the diamonds. No, well, I don't know if you want to call Jillian Bill a dog. I don't believe that that's correct. Where are the di- So she she actually found the diamonds them and spirited them away. Nope. They accidentally uh, so, in a bag. They're in her vagina. Like Stone Five Eight Eight by Gerald Brown. No. Oh, very good. I like that you know that that guy's name is Gerald Brown. Well done. Yeah. What what other famous book did he write? Uh, 19 Purchase Street. <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, uh, the guy who comes there, he goes to the bathroom, right? And all of the stuff that they have is in the bathroom. And so he dumps the diamonds into the bat into the thing of penis pasta. And she goes back and she's super hungry. So she opens the bag of penis pasta and oh, look what's in the bag of penis pasta. The diamonds. And then therefore, what? in Rough Night 2, the cartel is going to come after her. Right. right. So and they're going to have it's, another – it's going to actually be called Another Rough Night. Right. That's my prediction. So she, so she finds the diamonds, Rough which I was night. expecting to happen in, within the body of this movie, and it did not. It happened. And then what's her reaction? Mild interest because she's already rich anyway? Her reaction is to eat a piece of pasta dry yeah, so because that, that was a, that's a callback to an earlier joke in the movie where she just uh, eats dry pasta. Well, Dingus, thank you for uh, making me not feel like I should have stayed and watched the scene. Yeah, it what wasn't about diamonds, guys. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> All right, I'm not so, you, Tom, that it was worth it. Not right, right. No, no, I'm, I'm saying that if someone had said, "Hey, there's a scene after the credits," I would have stayed, just frantically hoping maybe there's going to be something funny, something I enjoy. Uh, I find out now from you, Dingus. I didn't have to. I didn't miss anything. Nope. So good. Thank you. Uh, other things I learned is that I don't need to see Broad City, whatever that is. I, I don't know that show. It is this, this movie was directed and written by and starring one of the women from Broad City, and if this movie is any indication, I'm fine knowing nothing about Broad City and will continue having that uh, relationship to it. Um, no. Kelly Wine just made a, a noise like... Uh, no, Broad like, City's awesome, and you right. would like it, even. All don't right. go bite this. Uh, so I, I don't understand what's going on with I, – I mean I do understand. This is another misguided attempt to put – to appeal to a female audience, uh, and unfortunately it's terrible. This is way worse than Snatched. Uh, the attempts at humor in this are just painfully bad, uh, but here's the weird thing. Uh, I, I love Julian Bell, by the way. I didn't love her in this. Like, I, I didn't like anyone in this except – 
I don't know if it's just me or if it's the fact that we had to sit through some terrible movie before she gets there. I still have nothing but goodwill towards and fascination with Kate McKinnon. Even this movie didn't lessen that. I mean, they didn't do much with her because she did a dumb accent. They didn't give her jokes, but I just can't take my eyes off of that woman. I, I think Kate McKinnon is still as fascinating as ever, even when she's given nothing funny to do in a bad movie. So at least I've, I've still got that. Uh, so I hated this. My over and under, I would put this movie in the a genre that I call Oops, We Killed Someone. Uh, and that's a large, you know, the best example, like there, there are great movies, Shallow Grave, for instance, is a great, oops, we killed someone movie. This is a genre, but I'm going to bracket, uh, uh, what? He just dies. Yeah, but, uh, they didn't resuscitate him, so they feel that's guilty. That's a good point. Right, fair enough. <laughs> but it's, like the, it's, the, it's less about, it's less about whether or not they actually kill someone and more about we now are going to commit a crime uh, by not, we're not going to just call the police. It's, it's people right, making right. bad decisions in the wake of a death. Uh, right. But you're right, Dingus. I forgot. They don't actually kill him. And how does he die? He just has a heart attack. He just shows up there. He rents the room. He hides the suitcase under the bed and dies. And it heals over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the oops, we kill someone. Movies are more about why they they have to contrive why they don't just call the police because these are good people. You have to figure out why they're not just calling the cops and saying someone died or oops, we killed someone. Right. So. It's, it's movies where a death is involved, and it's followed by bad decision after bad decision, and either a mystery or a thriller or a comedy ensues. So what I'm going to do is bracket it fairly closely. Uh, I've got two bad Oops, We Killed Somebody movies. Uh, I don't like either one of them, but one of them, because of a couple actresses in it and because of how outrageous it is, it's slightly above this terrible thing, and the other one is slightly underneath this terrible thing. So the one underneath I actually haven't seen. I'm assuming it's terrible because it's, it's for young adults. Uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer is an Oops, We Killed Somebody movie uh, from a young adult book. I can't imagine it's any good. They just make a slasher. Yeah, they just make a slasher. I can't believe you haven't seen a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. It's a young adult movie. Uh, they're, right. they're making a slasher movie out of it for young adults. Uh, actually, it might be an R. It might, I don't know. Uh, but no, I have not seen one. That's what, fucking weird to me. That, that I haven't seen, seen it, it or it's rated R? That, yeah, I know what you did last summer is a YA novel. I'm still tripping on that. It I is, yes. Uh, this. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, you can tell, too, from the, the cast. Slasher. I mean, it's, it's Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like, it's, that's the kind of audience they're going for. Uh, is it good? Like Kelly wanted to, is, no, it's terrible, but yeah. it's like, it's, he's trying to kill them, but like, it's a slasher movie and he kills them one by one. It's not right. But the, the, it's, it's, it's based on the fact that they accidentally ran over a kid a long time ago. Right. Like, isn't that the whole thing? Yeah. No, yeah. no, it's an old man. It's a fisherman. Oh, I don't know why I assumed it was a kid. Oh, that's what the whole fish hook stuff is. Right. But, yeah. Okay. And then it you've ends seen, with, yeah. You've seen the final destination movies though, Tom. Isn't that the same those deal? Young adult. I mean, those no, are why, those eh? Final Destination they movies are, are from a guy named James Wong, who is a writer yeah. on uh, X-Files. And James Wong, I, the Final Destination movies are uh, a kind of a worldview that no matter what, you're going to die as the end of a chain of events. Uh, something is going to kill you. And I don't think those are uh, young adult movies. I mean, they happen to young adults, but they the tone of them. I don't think so because they're really gruesome and they they appeal to yeah, this kids like kind, they appeal to this fear I of I thought you meant who they're marketed toward. 
the the Final Destination movies appeal to this fear of, of death, and it's a, it's a, it imagines a type of death, like a way that death uh, works. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think it's a, a young adult thing. I mean, they're 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 super grim, they're super rated R. Uh, yeah, I mean, all horror movies that want to make money have young, good-looking kids in them, whether they're young adult or not. Uh, so at any rate. I know what you did last summer. Never seen it. I can't imagine it's better than this or even as good as Rough Night. But here's it's a movie. I, I'm sorry. It's not funny either. It's not a comedy. Right. Well, neither is The Over. The Over is a movie that I'm sure neither of you's ever heard of. It is a horror movie. Uh, it stars – well, it, you wouldn't know the actresses. It's three actresses, two of whom are actually very good. One of whom is terrible. She's completely out of her element. She's a, a beautiful young lady, but she can't act. Uh, the movie is called Body, and it's these three friends. They're 20-somethings. Uh, it's a holiday. It's like Christmas or something, and one of the friends is like, hey, we're hanging out for the holidays. Let's go party at my uncle's house because he's out of town. He's rich. There's all kinds of liquor and stuff over there. We can go over there. So they go over to this quote-unquote uncle's house, and over the course of the movie, you find out it's not some uncle's house. They're actually breaking into this house based on a bad decision that the alpha female has made. So they break into this house. They find out, wait a minute. This isn't your uncle's house? And she's like, no, it's just some rich guy. I know they're out of town, so let's party here. Woohoo! And they're partying there when the groundskeeper comes in and is like, hey, what are you guys doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And they accidentally kill him. And based on this, the formula for this genre, they have to make an increasingly bad series of decisions that begin with, hey, why aren't we just going to call the cops? And along the way, these decisions include, yeah, we have to call the cop, but what we're going to do is we're going to claim that that guy tried to rape us, and we killed him in self-defense. So that's our story. Let's call the cops. And then one of the girls is like, wait a minute. Hold on. Wouldn't it be better if he actually did rape one of us? And then the girl's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, we're going to draw straws, and then one of you has to go down there and have sex with the corpse so that there will be evidence of rape. So they draw, straws. they draw straws. One of the girls goes down there, and while she is trying to plant evidence of a rape, the guy wakes up, and it turns out he's not dead. His neck is broken, and he's going to die, uh, and he wakes up while she is doing this to Raping him. Raping him. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, it's incredibly weird, incredibly uncomfortable, and it's actually an interesting idea for a script, but the problem is the bad decisions they make get more and more outrageous. They're ridiculous. The actress who's trying to Im impel them to make these bad decisions because she's like the super alpha female, she's the weak link. She's terrible. Oh, no. So it becomes increasingly implausible that they're doing these things because of the force of her personality because she's she just can't carry it. So Body is a terrible Oops, We Killed Someone movie, but with some fascinating twists that are kind of worth watching. Uh, this this is worse than Body, uh, but I'm assuming better than I know what you did last summer. All right, there you go. That is my take on Rough Night. Who's next? I'll be happy to go next. Um, I had a really good time watching this movie, and I think it's a horrible movie. Um. So uh, under this movie, I would put uh, – I'm basically bracketing it with movies that uh, take place uh, on the cusp of a wedding. Um, mm. So I'm going to go with uh, very bad things 
which I actually watched this week just mm. because I watched this movie. It's Peter Berg. I mean, I can't, I can't I've never seen it, but I, I'd want to see it. It's got, it is yeah. such an ordeal to watch. For I like that movie. one scene. Yeah. What one scene do you like? Like the scene where it's the dinner and they're having meltdowns in the parking lot, and Cameron Diaz keeps coming out going, "Guys, what are you doing out here?" And then there's a vehicular mishap. I thought that part's good, but the Christian Slater character is Keanu ruins the movie. He's yeah. He, I like I the stress know. and the whole cutting up the bodies thing is weird. Uh, it's it's weird. It's disgusting. It doesn't make sense, and it goes along the lines of what Tom's talking about. What'd you say? It's not supposed to be a comedy. It's supposed to be about them. I don't know. But it, it really doesn't feel organic, and their characters aren't very well drawn. You, you know, it, almost, it was almost my over, because there were a couple of moments here where, where I kind of liked very bad things, where uh, where it, it kind of it plays on this idea of the, the frightening idea of letting go of your former life, of growing up, of becoming a parent of um, dealing with with being a parent and letting go of the crappy things that you did before and and just going ahead and saying, yeah, I can't do that 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 shit anymore. So I mean there are some things about that and there, and there there are, there were moments in the last act, I would say w- within like a sliver of the last act where Cameron Diaz actually gets to be this really interesting character all of us. yeah. It's yeah. really exciting when when she starts when she starts saying stuff like you're going to have to start fucking flushing the toilet like a big boy. I mean, she she be, she comes online, uh, you know, during the movie. I'm like, oh man, this is what Cameron Diaz had to do back then. Oh, that's so sad. But then what? No, she's there's great a, at it. Well, yeah. Once, once she actually gets to do something, but uh, up until then, she's doing the things that happened in Hangover, uh, you know, to that 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 bride. I mean, she's just like on the phone going, where are you? Why aren't you here? What's going on? I mean, she's playing the character that the the dude that Paul Downs is playing, you know, what are you doing? What's happening? Where are you? I hope you're being good. I mean, she's playing that character until this little sliver in the last act where no she's she, funny where they're they're doing the dress fittings and she's like she's hating all of them she's like, this is totally unacceptable like all that's really good that's oh, really well, well she's like, good at it i mean she's good at that stuff but she's being bridezilla she's like the worst one right but yeah, that's she's more being, than you're she's that's being bridezilla that. but that's kind of standard i mean she's being the bridezilla character no but she gets involved i don't know she's the best I, thing in that movie almost Absolutely, not almost. Absolutely, she's the best thing in that movie, I can't and think that, of it, it's true. clear. It's clear why she winds up being in an awesome movie like Night and Day, but eventually the movie betrays itself and just gets. It, it, it goes on in the in the Garrick rule. It goes on at least ten minutes too long. If if they just would have ended it when when she's doing her awesome stuff, um, the triple the heart movie, stuff. This is weird. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, unfortunately, very bad things winds up underneath this. I don't. I. I. I just. I can't. I can't. It makes my stomach turn. Uh, so it winds up just under this Hangover Two, Hangover Part Two. <laughs> I'm putting right over this. What? Uh, yep. Uh, That's because. The worst one. Because it has a better boat crash on land. <laughs> <laughs> I like.
like this boat crash. Come on, Dingus. Did you not like this boat crash? It wasn't a boat crash. It's a jet ski. Jeez, yeah. why do you guys keep calling it a boat? Because a jet ski is a type of boat. She <laughs> calls it a boat. And also, it's not a jet ski. It's a sea-do. Sea-do. I noticed it on the side. I was like, is that different than a jet ski? It's like me noticing news crawls as I see. Oh, it's just sea-do. Those jet skis, is jet ski and sea-do synonymous? Like, that's what my brain was doing because I was not into the movie. I think it's like Kleenex and tissue. Like Sea-Doo is the brand name of a type of jet ski? Xerox. All right. Uh, so anyway, I like the I, – I, I mean, I'm bracketing these clothes because I really couldn't stand Hangover Part 2. I think the whole monkey stuff is stupid. I thought it was a dumb movie and winding up in the ice dispenser with all that stuff is dumb. Uh, but I think at least the boat landing on the shore uh, for the wedding is, is better than the uh, – it's not a boat – the jet ski or sea do landing on the beach um, in this, which for which there are no consequences, by the way. No, and she there stumbles. Are no, she stumbles. And, and there are no payoffs or consequences in this movie. And I right. And that they drives just, me up the freaking. They learn. Wall. They learn a lot about themselves, about their relationships to each other, about how they care for each other. They learn things. There's a pay, thing is it's character development. You see. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I see. They learned yeah, like no, I, I forget what happened anyway. No, it this just crisis brought party. them together. It was the cauldron of an "oops, we killed someone" formula that made them learn about themselves, and it brought them together and made their relationships stronger. That's not see? funny though. That's why it sucks. It's Kelly one. That's why it. <laughs> oh, that's why it sucks. Really? <laughs> well, <laughs> it doesn't help. Well, Kelly, want get in here. I, I love that last thing. I love that last thing that happens, though. I, I mean, I, I, mean, I love the uh, you may kiss the groom. I, I mean, I, I, I really like that. What you Plus, about? I saw it yeah, in what? a what the what? what, you like? Like, what yeah, what do you mean? I like the wedding. I like the you may kiss like the groom. Like the wedding. Yeah, I don't even remember. Well, like, what did you like about the wedding? I, specifically, I like. Uh, you may kiss the groom instead of you may kiss the bride. I really like that. I thought those were really great. But to be honest, <laughs> uh, there was a moment early on in this movie where uh, there there were uh, – I saw it with my girlfriend Alexandra, a friend of ours sitting right next to me. There are four women sitting behind us in the last row. Uh, that, those were our seats. Um, uh, I hate that shit. <clears throat> that was okay with me. There was plenty of other seats, but you know, but they were going crazy. And at one point early in the movie, I went, "Am I the only guy in here?" And Alexander looked around, and went, "Yep, yep, you're the only one." And the and the place really liked the movie. They were laughing. They were the women behind us were really laughing. Um, in fact, uh, at the end, after the final thing that I described to you guys. Um, as they were walking out, one of the women said, boy, I really love that code. I need a tampon. And they were all they all laughed and walked out. So uh, low bar, low bar. The, the people all around me really liked it. So it was a good experience watching it. But and I, and I actually really liked that moment where 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 she says you make us the groom. I thought that was cute. Kelly Wand, what's a movie that's not quite as good as Rough Night and a movie that is slightly ever so slightly better? My theme is movies about groups of women screaming and driving too fast. So uh, <laughs> my unders from hell and my over is no my under 
is Snatched. I think this is better than Snatched. Because there's a lot of redemption in Snatched, and there's way too much. That's what I don't get about these movies. Redemption's not funny. That, to me, is enough reason to just not do that. Like, And also, I didn't like any of these characters, except for the McKinnon one, and I understand why you just don't. I don't get the concept of a straight man like Scarlett Johansson in the lead role. Like, I guess I get it for economic reasons, but it's not funnier. Like, why not just make a movie about the McKinnon character? She's the fun one. Uh, so By the way, Alexander uh, agrees with you. She thinks that this is better than Snatch 2. Uh-huh. Good. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, and then... Uh, my over sisters, the Tina Fey, Amy Poehler one, because I remember lines in that better than <laughs> it had better lines in this movie. I thought. Remember, Ark, Ark, Ike Barinholtz falls on a ballerina uh, music box and he goes in his butt. Right. See, I get that joke. I think you. No, like I do it. too. That stuff is funny. I love that. It's hilarious. Yeah, Dingus is get... a stick in the mud. He's like, that's not funny. A ballerina yeah. box going up your butt's not funny. That's my impression of Dingus. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Thing is, humor doesn't have to make sense. It just has to be funny. That's okay, true. I can, I can understand Fuseli going up your butt, but I cannot understand a ballerina going up your butt. Um, but I remember liking the John Cena character in that, too. Where she asked him if he has kids, and he goes, I'm sure I do. Or stuff like that. And, <laughs> and the thought is good. I'm a huge Broad City fan, though, I should say. I'm a big defender of it. All right, so you started to – yeah, you were, you were saying that Broad City, I shouldn't judge it based on this movie. But this movie was directed and written and stars the director and a writer and one of the stars of Broad City, right? Like yeah, did you not no. see – is there not – like No, and that's, why I, that's one reason I was excited about seeing it. It's like, okay. oh, it's a Broad City kind of movie, and she's in it. Because that the Broad City girl who's in this is, I think she's really funny, and I like her character on Broad City. She's like a stone. Uh, oh well, there, that's why you like her character. I see. Yeah, she's a huge stoner. <laughs> um, and it's just her and their other character. It's just, it, it, I don't know. They're very well drawn, and that's what was surprising to me in this movie is none of the characters were very well drawn at all compared to Broad City. Like Broad City, they're really consistent in certain types of people, and in this. Uh, they all sort of blend together. They're not. It's not a good group. Dingus, you've never seen Broad City, right? No, I don't know what that is. All right. It's the rich man's girls. Like it made me real. It made me not like girls anymore. Maybe just say girls isn't funny. It's emo poor shit. Broad City is the good girl show. I decided, but this is more like uh, a girls movie. <laughs> this is something Marnie and Lena Dunham would do. They'd accidentally kill the stripper. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's not that funny. It's not that good. But Snatch was worse. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. What did so we we still all even though none of us liked the movie we were still none of us is like considering breaking up with Kate McKinnon right? No, um, I think it's one of my favorite Kate McKinnon roles. Really? Yeah. Well, there haven't been many good ones when you think about it. I mean, she really does yeah. get short shrift when she tries to do movies. What are other good Kate McKinnon roles? I can't even think of any. Office Christmas parties hit and miss. I didn't like that because her character changed. Well, obviously, you know, Ghostbusters maybe. would be the best one I think so far. No. But even then, like I, I so I, I'm with Dingus, and then I, I'm fa- like she's fascinating to watch in Ghostbusters, but I don't remember much her. about her character other than she does every now and then crazy things. Like she kind of sits in the background while people are doing a not very good movie in front yeah. of her, and that's kind of no. what 
this is here as well. Like, yeah. has there ever been? Do I just like her from Saturday Night Saturday Night Live? Okay, but also just, in, in Ghostbusters, none of them are better than her either. Like, she stands out because everyone else is just phoning it in. So she's at least trying something in Ghostbusters, but she doesn't get to do much, and she's yeah. kind of cool. She's a, and she's know. a poor counterpart for Harold Ramis's character. Like, she's supposed to be the Egon, and that's bad. <laughs> I don't know. Ghostbusters has its own issues. What's weird about this for me, um, as much as I love Kate McKinnon and I think it's funny, I just think it's funny from uh, a movie, an American movie perspective, to see an American movie actress getting to do an Australian character when tons of Australian actors and English actors are constantly doing American characters. Right. Uh, and I, I just think that's funny. I think it's a, it's a funny idea. And I think her accent is fine, and she's doing fine. But I think that the writing really drops when she walks in the room. Cause really? Up, up, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Up until that moment, I was kind of having a great time. And then when she showed up, I did this little silent, uh, little fey clap. <laughs> like, because I was so happy to see her show up. Because I didn't know she was going to show up. I didn't know who was in this movie really um i kind of had an idea on the periphery but i kind of try to keep those things uh, i try to keep those things at arm's length so i didn't know she was going to show up and when she came into the bar there i i got all excited i'm like oh god kate mckinnon's here i was really excited to see her but it feels like that weird manufactured um jealousy between her and jillian bell yeah for me it uh. it it scuttled all of the energy that was going on in the movie at that point. And I think that's a writing thing. Not, I'm not going to hang it on her, but the, when she showed up, I was so excited to see her. And for me, the movie ground to a halt. Uh, I, I don't, wouldn't hang it on her either. And I totally know what you're talking about, Dingus. But for me, it's just the fact that this movie doesn't have the acting chops or the writing to, to do that. And what they were clearly trying to do mm. is like the mm. rivalry with uh, Kristen Wiig and uh, not Rose McGowan, um, Rose Berg. Burn in uh, yeah, yeah, in Bridesmaids. Right. I mean, they're going for that gag, and that's hilarious. That's funny. But uh, Annie Mumolo, Kristen Wiig, and, and Rose Byrne—they're all very funny. They, you know, the writer and the actors who did that—that that worked great. Uh, here, I don't know. You know, it Zoe just Kravitz seemed out of, it just seemed out of left field. Uh, yep. I got no sense of Scarlett Johansson connecting with any of these other women. Right. Scarlett Johansson, I don't think is—I I don't know if she's funny or not. But this is not a comedic. This doesn't. This didn't say to me, hey, Scarlett Johansson can do comedies. Yeah. Uh, on the contrary, uh, so She's I... Yeah, so I, I just... She didn't fit, and I don't think anyone c could connect with her, so when they try to create this whole idea of a three-way tension like that, it's just forced, and it, it doesn't read. There's nothing there. It's just in the writing, and it seems random when they try to recreate it uh, in terms of how they act and what they say. Uh, so uh, that would have made the movie is if she'd connected with them. That's essential to what this is going on. Because in Bridesmaids, there was more of that. And in this, you're right. She didn't even – she seemed to be off in her own little movie star world. Yeah. And there was no sense that they were actually all friends. Like I never felt that. Like, oh, it's five people who really get along and love each other. And that never took hold. And it's important <laughs> to what's going on, to the plot. I'm really glad you guys said that because uh, I – as much as I love Scarlett Johansson, I couldn't for the life of me figure out why the hell she was in this movie. Uh, I, 
I just couldn't get it. I mean, she was, she was the only one who was reasonably crying in a real way, but that she was in a different movie than everybody else when she was doing that. And just like Tom said, she wasn't connecting with those other characters. It was like, you know, she was, she was on a different level than everybody else. And I don't know. It, it didn't make any sense to me. It just didn't make any sense. Uh, I can kind of understand from a career perspective why she does it, because Scarlett Johansson does the great you know, Marvel movies and these blockbusters and stuff, and she'll do a ghost in the shell. But then she does things like uh, Don John or Her or uh, Under the Skin. Like she, she seems to be wanting to try different things, so presumably now she's wanting to try a comedy. Uh, unfortunately, it's – didn't work out. I think it's it's a lot of it is in the writing, uh, but I can yeah. kind of understand why she might want to add that to her repertoire of, of different things that she's attempted. Uh, I, can I like, understand her. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I just like that she makes bold choices like this. Uh, this is not one that paid off, though. I would say. I, I understand. I, I think you're absolutely right, and I think that it's a good idea on her part, but I don't think it's a good idea on the movie's part. But she has so much power and weight, perhaps that she can just. Get is, in there. Is there any way they could have written around that though, Dingus? Like, is it just because the script was dumb and you could have plugged anyone in there? Like, like I, I'm, I'm wondering, like the way she shines in her as a voice actress, the way mm. she shines in Under the Skin as a kind of Terminator-like robot or whatever she's doing, and actually not even that because the way she connects with the people in the van that she's that she's kidnapping. Uh, like, is there a way that's, that a, a better written comedy could capture the essence of what Scarlett Johansson is and what she can do? Uh, I, I don't know, but I do they blame... Needed to, mm-hmm. If they're going to do that, they have to just forget it's her, and she has to do that too, and that didn't even happen. She she seemed, she was moving around like Scarlett Johansson. There's references to how hot she is, and she's really bland as a character. But if she'd played yeah. like a Kate McKinnon level kind of weirdo, which I thought they were setting up with that campaign ad. Cause she's, oh, look, she's right, like, right. Exactly. That seemed to be the joke there yeah. is that she was awkward. She was like this Hillary Clinton, uh, yeah. awkward robotic woman who couldn't connect. And, and that, that, if if they followed yeah. through with that kind of thing, but she's then she just be became scarlet, you know, right. beautiful, tw- you know, she's a 20 when her, 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 uh, husband or boyfriend's friends tell him, uh, yeah. you know, the, the joke on the ad is that she can't smile, uh, and then later on, you're right. She's just being Scarlett Johansson, who's a 20, who's super right. hot. Yeah. Which isn't funny. <laughs> well, there's, there's, then there's I, think, a... I, I think that you have to switch her into a different role. I, I think that maybe you have to switch the Zoe Kravitz and Scarlett Johansson roles, maybe. And maybe make her be the one who goes down on the beach. Uh, I right. mean to say go down, goes down on the or beach. Or make her but, an idiot. Make, make, her, make her the one who goes to the beach with uh, with Ty Burrell and Demi Moore, and maybe make her that character who's who's uh, and make her like off to the side rather than the main focus of the movie because now everybody's focused on her because you know she's Scarlett Johansson and now we're all focused on the fact that she's yeah. Scarlett Johansson. I just don't think it works. And in movies like Spy and like. It, Oh, Tom hated Spy, but I think you and I liked it, Dingus. Like, and they do all those uh, outtakes at the end. And even if you don't like the jokes, you get you get the sense that the actors were at least enjoying themselves <laughs> yeah. on the set, at least. Yeah. And, like, they were laughing in between shots. And in this, I got no sense that Scarlett Johansson was enjoying herself or that she was – it was, like, the most fun she'd ever had shooting it. And it, it it's supposed to be – I don't know. Maybe it would have been wrong for the movie because they're supposed to be under stress and not really enjoying themselves. But I didn't get that sense either. 
because they kind of downplay that. They're like, oh, it's not that big a deal. We'll just move the body, blah, blah, blah. And that could have been funny, but it wasn't either because none of it just felt real. I didn't get – I just felt like uh, she was hoping it would be more fun than it was. That's what her face said to me. Like she couldn't smile because she couldn't feel like smiling. <laughs> Dingus, did we, we, we force – oh, Yeah, did we ahead. make anyone watch this? We made a few people watch this. Oh, uh, Andrew Neller uh, kind of agrees with us, I think. He says that uh, Kate McKinnon and Jillian Bell were the best things going in the movie when compared to what Johansson is doing. Um, but ultimately, he thinks the two of them were just doing too much zany stuff, and it put more pressure on Johansson to be the only straight woman in this movie and never gave her uh, much to do comedy-wise. Sorry, yeah. Andrew Neller. It's hard to picture them all being friends with her and vice versa. Like she would, that would be her bridal shower. Is these four other people that she knows to varying degrees? Okay, what? Sorry, what they say? Uh, I was also going to say Andrew Naylor also says this. Uh, he's talking about that he had read this review from Variety that said that uh, cited forty years of men behaving badly in movies, and that it was refreshing to see women doing it. Let's just call this – this is him. This is Andrew Neller. Let's just call this a bad movie and not pretend that it can be justified by just starting to level out the uneven playing field. I'm guessing that was an Owen Kleberman review. It's just a guess. <laughs> uh, he says it does a disservice to movies like Bridesmaids, that there's a sort of thing with and, – and made actually solid relationships between characters. Yeah. And funny lines. Bridesmaids had some good jokes on it. You know? You're no longer my number two. Remember John Hamm? Come on, that's great. Cop talks weird. <laughs> uh, Dingus, who else did we make see this? Uh, we made somebody named Peppy Lulz see it. Peppy Lulz? Peppy Lulz. Oh, Lulz. Like L-O-L-S yeah. or L-U-L-L-S? Just L-U-L-Z. Oh, right. Okay, like Lulz. Okay, I get it. I, I speak internet. No, you do. All right. What, what did uh, what did Peppy Lulz think of? Uh, Peppy Lulz, I think he, I think Peppy Lulz, who uh, might be a friend of our friend Z Bone, um, <laughs> went to see this total drag of a movie because you guys said it was what to see after Michael Bay's masterpiece Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Peppy. Fuck you, chick. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Chris, Mar- Chris Markinson. Oh, no, we made Chris uh, Markinson no. see it. Actually, we did not make him see it. I know for a fact he saw this before we had it on the slate. So, Chris oh, Markinson, you can't pin this one on us. <laughs> Wait, why did he um, see it? Because Broad City found, like me? Uh, I think because we were having to see something dumb because you live in Germany. Uh, so he decided yeah. to just go treat himself to a, a movie, and he ended up – uh, accidentally seen this. <laughs> he tricked and treated himself. Uh, so I, I think Chris Markinson has, has actually a couple of funny things to say here. Um, he, he was not fond of the movie. I'm starting to tell you guys. Um, definitely some moments made him laugh, but overall he was super disappointed. Uh, he has never gotten around to watching The Bronze. Oh. Chris. He could have done that instead of going, and he could have done that in the comfort of his own home instead of going to see uh, Rough Night. See, make Scar Johansson that kind of a character. Make her just totally fucking angry and profane. I don't know. Isn't that better? Basically, he thinks this this movie is is a waste of an R rating. That's true. 
He said, uh, I thought this was going to be that kind of movie where I was going to get to watch these five women act badly. Instead, they acted PG-13 Lee. Yeah. Uh, after watching it, I think Canada had the rating correct at 14A, which incidentally is what Under the Skin was rated in Canada. What? Uh, that should be rated R. NC-17. So, yeah, so Chris that, says, what a, re- what a waste of an R rating. Uh, the first yeah. scene is a little raunchy, but they pull the punches where you don't see the vibrator and it cuts before the girl yeah. starts to pee on the floor in the room. Uh, and that's that's another thing. I'm glad... I'm glad Chris brought that up because uh, one of the things that really bothers me about this movie, and this is me talking now, not Chris, um, is that whole showing up of, of Kate McKinnon kind of subverts the payoff that the girl peeing on the floor is the one who's supposed to crash the party, I would think. I mean, that's the that's the idea. Like, she's that the, the dick in, in their relationship who constantly shows up and does something stupid. That girl in that first scene who pees right. on the floor. Right. She's the one who's supposed to show up and fuck things up. But she doesn't. She's just like, there. Eh, we're just going to dish. Forget that. Okay, uh, Dingus, what was that character's name? I have no idea. Do you know? No, but I thought, I honestly thought you might. Because they yell her name. Like, it's kind of funny. She comes in and she squats and they're like, Julian, no. And then it cuts. Uh, I was sure you remember her. Right, yeah. So, you know, we'll call her Gary. Gary, um, Gary's Gary fine, yeah. And Chris Alice. also makes a, an observation that I that I thought of too. A, a, um, I was conv- he says I was convinced I was in trouble when they had to explain that popping the cork in the oh airport. Oh my god! Because I, I okay, like so gun. yeah, Chris Morganson, I actually laughed at that. I thought it was that was funny, but then Jillian Bell's like, "Yeah, we're in an airport." That sounded like a gunshot. Don't write an explanation yeah. to your joke. Oh my yeah. god. That right there but was – and it was so early in the movie – was just a fundamental misunderstanding of how to write funny stuff in a movie. Right. I yeah. could not believe that. I, could, yeah. I was so mad at the movie at that point. Yeah, I laughed I when it happened, a joke. and then when she said it, I went, oh, no. And I think you, Chris, see that, yeah. you see that constantly in bad TV, like sitcom TV, where it has to explain the joke because it's assuming the people watching it are really dumb, like lowest common denominator type stuff. Right. Uh, it's like I don't, I'm assuming Big Bang Theory. I'm, I haven't seen that. Does that all the time? Because Big Bang Theory isn't that lowest common denominator humor. Kelly, one you've probably watched that. I've never seen it. I swear right. to God. All right. It looks so boring to me. Don't lie, Kelly, one It's okay if you. And watch the people it. who like it and tell me to see it are the ones like, oh, it's, if it's coming from him, it's bad. Because I so I actually like uh, a sitcom. I actually haven't seen this in a couple of seasons, uh, but I kept up with for quite some time because I really enjoy the cast, even though it's often really dumb and it has that lowest common denominator stuff where they will tell a joke and then one of the characters will say, oh, that sounded funny or, oh, I shouldn't have said that because it sounds suggestive. Like they will explain the joke and it's a sitcom called Modern Family, which is uh, it's for lowest common denominator sometimes. But I love some of that stuff. Uh, but God, it's just so dispiriting so early to realize I don't think these people know what they're doing, or yeah, <laughs> these people assume that we're really dumb. Well, comedy is all about timing, and if you do something one second too long, it's not funny anymore. If you don't, if you, they don't get it, it's not funny. So if you spend time explaining it, you're the airs you're late. Yeah. Dingus, did Chris Markinson uh, have anything else to say about roughly? So, uh, both Andrew. Uh, Kneller, Andrew Neller, and Chris Markinson um, liked Ty Burrell and Demi Moore. 
Um, Demi Moore looks really good, I will say, by the way. She's uh, she's a beautiful woman. Uh, I'm so glad to see her in this coming through the other side of margin call, uh, sort of yeah. still looking great, shining when she comes on screen. That was good to see her. Well, you know, when we were leaving the movie, Alexandra was like, what have I seen Demi Moore in? And I had to go through like so wow. many different movies until I got the margin call. I don't know um, why, because she is holding up so well, and it, that sounds like a mercenary thing to say. But I don't know why she's not uh, working more. I don't, does she have like a TV show or something? I don't know. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I like that you know, uh, in addition to uh, Andrew Neller saying he doesn't understand why an R movie like this doesn't show frontal male nudity. Um, uh, <laughs> that would have been funny, by the way. It would have been very if funny. Stripper had been running around naked. That would have been yeah. funny. All right. Um, Chris Parkinson, both of them liked Ty Burrell and Demi Moore. Chris Parkinson says it was uncomfortable when they were on screen, and he likes that the movie made me want to look away. Yes. That's yes. his voice. That's yeah. his voice. Um, so one of the things that uh, that our, our friend Alexander said was that. That scene with uh, um, uh, Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz, but uh, I think her name is Bianca. Uh, could have been much hotter. Why and why didn't they make it hotter? Do you think that? Oh, I, I think I. Yeah, I don't. I wonder. <laughs> no, they knew they were going to have an R rating. I was going to say I wonder if they were hedging their bets for a PG thirteen. I, I wondered that too. But there was there's. There's blood and there's too much blood and language for it to be a PG-13. I mean, that's just right. Well, then go all the way. No, I'm exactly. guessing that, that the director here, who's the woman from Broad City, just didn't have a sense for how hot they could be with that scene or how they could make it titillating, how beautiful Demi Moore and Zoe Kravitz are. Uh, they just were like, hey, this, it'll be funny if she has to have sex with them and we don't have to show it. We'll just cut away to the payoff of the joke after when the cameras didn't work. How is that a payoff? That's uh, because see, she didn't have to have sex. See, Kelly Wan, it was all for naught. That's the joke. Yeah, yeah. But she's clearly enjoying herself, and she talks about enjoying herself after the fact. And she also, you know, yeah. So the, what's the joke then? I don't know. I don't <laughs> she enjoyed know. having so, sex. <laughs> and, and so I think the joke is is when they're watching and saying, "Is it okay that they're that we're watching this?" You know that the the other women are watching it. What's the answer? I, I don't <laughs> think it's okay that they're watching it, but Not okay. they might be getting off on it too. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of possibilities there. There's a lot of things that they could have gone for. And they I mean, get to put it in the movie. These yeah. other women are watching this woman do this thing and and get off on it or or be excited by it. Um, why aren't Who they never? getting excited by it too? And why aren't we getting in on this? I mean, why don't we know what they're feeling? It's it's an R-rated movie. Why aren't we doing? Why aren't we? Why aren't we in on this? I'm not asking for a porn here. I'm I'm saying. I'm asking for a joke. That, I'm asking for. I'm asking <laughs> for, for something that. that happened that leads to some energy. Because again, and this is another thing Chris Markin said. They kind of Jeb Bushed it. You know, they low energyed it. Um, and there's a lot of energy to be plumbed in in that whole idea, that whole scene of that threesome on the beach, the women watching it, everything that's going on in this high energy, weird anxiety moment. Why not? Why not go for it? I don't understand why they didn't just go for it. If you're going to make an R-rated movie about 
disposing of a corpse, go for it. Why don't they go for it? They don't get it. Kelly Wand, which character were you in that scene? Uh, the second dead stripper. Wait a minute. There was only one dead stripper. The other guy made it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Kelly Wand, were you not paying attention to the intricacies of the plot at that point? Yeah, wait. Explain something to me. Why yes. is the first guy right? who's a diamond thief? Yep. Pretending to be a stripper to the because people. he needs to find a place he can hide from Dean Winters and the other actor guy. Who Why is, is how are you hiding if you're in a house with a bunch of horny women? Because he's going because this is an area like uh, like Nags Head or wherever where there's a lot of empty houses for the season, and here's and the non-empty one. He's he that's why he's knocking so hard at the door. He's hoping to find an empty house. Oh, like in, so it comes at night. Uh, exactly. Yeah, he's or, just hoping to find an empty house. As another, this also happens in the movie Sunset Boulevard. Ah, uh, I haven't heard of that movie. Who's oh, in it's that? It's so good. It's so good. That's the one about the swimming pool, right? Oh, it has a swimming pool. It has a dead monkey. It has a German butler. Chandelier. It has Nora Desmond. Uh, Watch parts. Watch parts. What? I don't remember those bits. Oh, oceans. It has D.W. Griff. No, uh, Cecil B. DeMille. You know what? All those old directors, I don't know one from the other. So, Tom, I, I wanted to ask you, because yes, I was constantly ahead of this movie. I was wondering, because you, you're, always, you're always saying right. I'm just dumb enough right. to enjoy the movie. Uh-huh. Were you ahead of this movie? Yes. I, I mean, the moment that the cop this, uh, comes up and, and starts groping uh, yeah. lesbian woman. I was like, no, that's the stripper. And the moment yeah. they reached down, I was like, you know, I bet the script would think it's super funny if when they pick him up, his pull-away clothes come off. So, Dingus, <laughs> I was probably about six seconds ahead of this movie. And that's right, rare good. for me. Yeah, Good job. Well, well done. You didn't know when the when the guy in the shorts showed up at the door that he wasn't the stripper? Uh, what? Seriously, be honest with me now. Did you not know that that first guy was not the stripper? Oh, I knew there was something weird about him, but they she explains she got him from Craigslist. This thing is this is what All happens right. okay. when you go to Craigslist to get a stripper rather than calling right. an official stripist. Hold on, yeah, you get a diamond down. thief, and then you get diamonds, so it's worth it. Still interested. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom, how do you feel about the Rob Lowe line? Rob Lowe. Uh, where the lawyer says, I'm going to tell you oh, what I told line. Rob Lowe, as long as there's no body, it's not a crime? Right. That, Wait, why that would made, I... That made Chris Markson laugh and made me laugh hugely. What do you, Did Rob Lowe I'm kill asking, somebody? I'm asking what you two think of that line. Well, he was involved in a sex tape thing, right? Yeah. Right. Is it, was it related to the... I don't... Uh, I, yeah, I didn't get that I, joke. I just thought, uh, hey, let's pretend uh, he's had to help a celebrity before. I saw it as a bad influence crossover line. <laughs> like it, it's from the bad influence universe. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's Spader. It's Spader's character is the lawyer because he goes too dark. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I hope there's a sequel. It's rough morning again. I just uh, I saw it as another not in payoff because as soon as I heard that line, I thought. Oh, good. Rob Lowe's going to make a cameo oh, at the end geez. of this movie. Oh, my God. Dingus. Wow. You had pretty high hopes there. I uh, really did. There were I no loved that, I loved that line, as, as Chris did. And I, I thought, oh, man, that, this means that Rob Lowe's going to show up somehow. 
See, Dingus, nope. that's what happens when you're smarter than a movie is you have better ideas for the movie that the movie hasn't thought of, and therefore you're setting yourself up to be disappointed by being smarter than the movie. Hmm. Yeah, he thought it was going to be a Bill Murray zombie land, Rob. Right, right. See, yep. Dingus, if you're yep. dumb like me and Kelly, you won't hate a movie as much. Although you won't like it either. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Tom agree thoughtfully. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I, so I would watch a fan edit of this movie that was only the scenes where Kate McKinnon was talking. Yeah, oh, wow. That wow. I would give an anti Jar That on Cinema Score, I would give uh, an an A. I would cinema, I would tear through the little strip of paper that says A if that's what Rough Night was. It's just the Kate McKinnon scenes. Take everything, and I say that by the way, as someone who really, really likes Jillian Bell, I watched that. Uh, What's that movie where uh, 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 Jack Black is the the young adult horror fiction writer? Shoot, <laughs> what? It's got, uh, it's, like, it's got a giant praying mantis and the blob and uh, goosebumps. Uh, yeah, I watched Goosebumps Jesus. and didn't give don't, shut up. I didn't give up on it because Jillian <laughs> Bell was in it. I'm not going to read. I knew what you did last summer, the novel, but I am going to be aware of it. <laughs> I am going to watch Goosebumps for ten year olds. <laughs> Got it. But it had Jillian Bell. Amy Ryan is in Goosebumps. Mm. Yeah, see? Aren't you wishing now that you saw Goosebumps, Kelly Wand? Mm, that title's too spoilery. Uh, okay, it's, you know, it's, it's R.L. Stein. It's for kids. Did you know Kate McKinnon can speed talk, Paul? One, two, three, not only you and me, got 180 degrees, I'm caught in between, counting one, two, three. I, why doesn't Kate McKinnon do a superhero movie? I don't know. Who could she be? Flash. Frankly, I'm going back. We did a three by three once where we were like, who cast someone in a Batman. famous role? No, I, uh, a, a Pink Panther. Just uh, a series where Kate McKinnon is the lead and isn't shuffled into an ensemble somehow. Furious. Give her her own character. Give you know, take a director who knows what he or she is doing, and not some Yahoo who's written on Saturday Night Live or for Broad City or whatever. Uh, and give us some Kate McKinnon vehicles already. Dazzler, do you know who that is? The disco dazzler of the Marvel universe. That's not a thing. I don't, or I don't she believe she makes that. like light balls and things. She's like a and disco. If, if we can have Ant Man, we can have Disco Dazzler. Yeah. All right, Kelly. Let's do a three by three. What? Why? Wait, whose is this? Yeah, oh, Kelly Wand, what is this week's topic for the 3x3? This week's topic is probably going to win some sort of award as the best topic we've ever done, in my opinion, <laughs> because, as I use in my example, the, the best scene in Star Wars, the scene everybody always talks about, the first scene you remember when you think about Star Wars is the metal ceremony. Like, that mm. was the most exciting. Like, they had to CG the shit out of that thing, and it's fucking... They polish up R2 because you were worried that he was dead? Yeah, and... Not only is he alive, but he's looking better than ever. Hey, in the medal ceremony um, of that, when Chewbacca goes, and then all the soldiers turn, <laughs> did they rehearse that? Like, All right, guys, the when the Wookiee makes a noise, girl, that's when uh, we pivot. Yeah. <laughs> he's now in charge of the noise the Wookiee makes again. Yeah, Kelly, let's hear that again. It sounded, it sounded a little bit like a, the basket case noise. <laughs> 
Ooh, Ooh that was better. I like that. He got a little bit of that trill, that Wookiee trill. Do they all speak Wookiee? And is he saying, You You're not Scooby-Doo, Kelly Wand. Oh? Dingus, you are announcing next week's 3x3, so you're starting us off with your third favorite awards ceremony in a movie. What do you got? All right. So uh, here's my quote from my uh, third favorite awards ceremony. Actually, Dingus, you know, uh, talk to Kelly Wan for a second. All right. I'm listening. Are we not allowed to pick Star Wars? I'm just asking you this right now. Yeah, we're allowed to pick Star Wars. Uh, is there a difference between award ceremonies and medal ceremonies? I just want to ask no, that. No, that's an award. Your award's a medal. They All right, so, so this is one of the problems I had this week was trying to figure out whether or not I was going to pick award ceremonies or graduations. And I think I, I think graduations oh, is that's a That's a diploma thing. is your award. Well, yeah, all right. Commencement. There's a podcast going on, Dingus. Don't stop talking. What's happening right now? (laughs) Uh, We were given this class by Alex Chapman. Explain on the microphone what's going on here. All right, right, right now. What's happening is Tom is hard pouring a milk stout nitro into my glass uh, that was sent to us by a dude named Alex Chapman, also known as Chappers, on our uh, quarter three um, (laughs) forums. Cheers. And uh, cheers. Chin chin. Cheers. Uh, and so when you do the when you uh, pour one of these, it, he sent us this uh, left hand brewing nitro milk stout glass. Um, when you pour these things, you have to hard pour them, which means that you pop the cork. Yeah, not cork, but you you pop the top on the bottle, and unlike pouring a beer carefully, you just dump it immediately into it. And so that's what you just heard Tom doing here. I think it's so unprofessional. I don't, yeah, wait, let's beer. let's get to the three by three. I don't know why we're talking about That's beer. That's Tom's critique of the topic. Oh, I'm going to need something. Kelly, one, if you lived, if you had the common courtesy to not live in Germany, you could be in on this beer stuff. And yeah, that's true. true. Have beer over here. Well, not with not drinking it with me and Dingus. Oh, see, we never see? drink together. Oh man, Kelly, you should see the head on this beer. <laughs> Almost did a spit take. All right, Dingus, what's your third favorite award ceremony? All right, here's a quote from it. Um, second place, hell yeah. Rushmore. That's T.J. Miller. So, Simo Oh, Bowl. Transformers, The Age of Extinction. Oh, and uh, Mark Wahlberg got the Sword Excalibur as his award at the end of last night. Wait, T.J. Miller wasn't in that, though. Remember? Right. Okay. Uh, right. Cornfield when the T.J. Miller exploded. In All right. Uh, it's it's from a movie called Bring It On. <sighs> Kelly wants so disrespectful of Peyton Reed. He really is terrible oh, about that. He's great. Uh, so I love the award ceremony at the end. By the way, uh, Peyton Reed's uh, wife at the time was the one who was playing the magazine editor of I don't know what the name of the magazine was like. Cheer it on or cheer us, cheer up, cheer everybody. Um, so it's this cheer competition at the end. And, uh, you know, if you haven't seen bring it on, you really should, because it's a freaking awesome movie. Um, all right. Um, so the, 
kind of the gist of the movie is that um, a, a new squad takes uh, or a new captain takes over the uh, squad in this uh, uh, this high school cheerleading squad that is um, in a fairly affluent place. And she finds out uh, because uh, Elisha Dushku helps her find this out that they've been over the last few years stealing their routines from a team in Compton. And um, she goes down to figure this out and gets confronted by them. Like, you're coming down here to steal more of our stuff. We're going to beat you down. She's like, no, no, I. I'm just trying to figure this out. And they're like, all right, well, do your own routines then. And so uh, hijinks ensue, but they, they develop their own routines. And then we go to this to the end of this thing that's very Karate Kid, but not so uh, we're going to kill you kind of a feel to it. Um, and then the white squad that that is the protagonist – of the, uh, I mean, or the affluent squad with mostly white girls and white boys on it, as opposed to the Compton squad, which is mostly black kids, uh, and I think all, or Hispanic kids, um, they're kind of head to head. And that other squad, the squad from Compton, is much better. Um, but they're both pretty good. And it turns out that the white kids get second place and the white kids go. Yeah. That's what we deserved. And that's how the award ceremony plays out because the Compton squad wins. They win the $20,000 check. They, you know, they, they, they're on ESPN and they win and they should because they're the better squad. Uh, so I really love that award ceremony. Kelly Wan, did that make you want to see bring it on? I've seen it. Oh, I thought you refused it, to see. Oh, it's Pitch Perfect. You haven't seen. Yeah, I like cheerleaders. I just don't like seeing <laughs> women sing. Not there yet. It's also Down with Love that you haven't seen, right? Right, or Love Bye Bye, or whatever it's called, <laughs> or Love Actually. That's what it's called. Love Bye Bye. Love Bye Bye. That's just my review of Love. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't like how. Um, Pitch perfect, like singing objectifies women, but cheerleaders <laughs> totally into it. They're hot. All right. Fair enough. So bring it on. Uh, then, was, yes. uh, she goes, Kirsten Dentz goes to the Compton girl, you guys were really good. And then the other girl goes, yeah, you were too, but we were better. And then Dentz goes, yeah, you were. And then it's like that. But she kind of smiles. Oh, that's so she, sweet. Yeah. My third favorite award ceremony in a movie. Uh, okay, there's a little girl who lives in the mountains of Korea, and she's taking care of a super pig. Uh, there's a, a company in this movie. The company's called Mirando, but they're obviously based on Monsanto. So oh, I wanted a, to see this. It's like a global uh, agribusiness corporation. And so they breed these super pigs, and to show that they are not – a soulless corporation, they hand out super pigs to farmers around the world and say, hey, here's a little super piglet. Just raise it. Just raise it to the best of your abilities. And then, you know, in, in many years in the future, we're going to come and see how your super pig is doing. And we're going to have a super pig contest. And we're going to award one of them like global super pig. There's going to be an award ceremony in New York. 
So we open with a, a young girl named Mija in Korea, and she's raised her super pig, and he's huge. He's enormous. He's the size of uh, – he's larger than a hippopotamus, and he's adorable. His name is Okja, and that's the name of the movie. Uh, so Okja is a movie from a Korean director named Bong Joon-ho, who you know from uh, The Host. Uh, he also did Snowpiercer. Uh, and Okja has a little bit of Snowpiercer's over-the-top social commentary. gets a little silly. Overall, Okja – Kind of jumps the rails, but until Get then, mm, that that would work for Snowpiercer because Snowpiercer oh. definitely <laughs> Snowpiercer literally and figuratively jumps the rails, if I'm not mistaken. Just uh, the trough. And uh, in Okja, he he also uses in the beginning of the host. There's that great bit where the monster appears, and it's it's almost Spielbergian in how it very skillfully captures this chaos. This big, huge, lumbering, weird monster crawling out of a river in Seoul. Uh, he uses some of that with this super pig, with Okja, who's this big, adorable – she looks kind of like a dog and a hippo and a pig and uh, whatever she is, she's, she's adorable. And this movie is a social commentary about how we relate to animals, and it goes a little bit off the rails. But early on, uh, Mija is in the mountains. She's got Okja, who's her buddy. He's almost like a Totoro, by the way. Can I just ask – how is that spelled? O-K-J-A. Okay. Yeah, don't know. I, I'm assuming it's a Korean name that she gives to a little pig. I don't know what this is. All right. uh, so it's on Netflix. It's a movie that Netflix had uh, – uh, Bong Joon-ho has done movies in Korea. I assume Snowpiercer was English money maybe. There might have even been some American money in that. But Netflix said, hey, do this movie, and you can do whatever you want. You have final cut, the only requirement. And Dingus, you pointed this out when we talked about David Michaud doing a War Machine for Netflix. The only requirement, they said to him, was you've got to shoot at 4K, uh, which mm. is how Netflix likes to stream things. And otherwise, they let him do what he wants, and it kind of shows. Uh, there's, there's a very auteur quality to Oakja, for better and worse at times. Uh, Snowpiercer has the same thing. Of course, the host. Uh, it, it's... it's uh, Bong Joon-ho doing what he does, doing whatever he feels like. So at any rate, this little girl has raised this little tiny piglet into a huge creature, a huge lovable creature. She lives alone in the mountains with her grandfather, and the representatives from Monsanto are coming to, to view the pig, to see how it's doing. Uh, and it doesn't turn out well, but that's the, the, the rest of the movie. In the scene where she's up on the mountains, this entourage from the corporation arrives – and they're like, oh, the pig is beautiful, and, and Okja really is exceptional, and they're actually blown away. And you see, this is the last time in the movie that Jake Gyllenhaal will not be embarrassingly awful. He's awful in this scene, but for the rest of the movie, he gets even more awful. It's crazy. Uh, so they come up, and they, the, the company representative see how the pig is doing, and they award uh, Mija and her grandfather a sash. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal hangs a little sash around them saying, hey, uh, you know, super pig contestants. And later on, there's an award ceremony in New York, which is an example of the movie kind of not falling apart, I would say. The, what, what should have been an amazing sequence in the New York bit – is an example of how Okja falls apart as a movie. But early on, the entourage, him hanging these sashes on Mija and her grandfather, and them having no idea what's going on. They don't speak English. She knows him from TV. The grandfather has no idea what he's saying. Uh, 
that little interaction with Jake Gyllenhaal and his entourage early on as a kind of award ceremony, that is my third favorite uh, award ceremony. And that's early on when Okja is still a really cool movie. So there you go. Mm. Uh, Kelly Wan, why do you know about Okja? I saw it on Netflix, or I saw the ad for it, and I was yeah. curious about it. Um, so I, was, I watched Mindhorn instead, but I was Okja was on my list. Not related that. to uh, Bong Joon-ho, afraid. Yeah. Do you know? Well, uh, so you've seen Snow. You've seen Snow. Yeah, so Piercer's uh, hit and miss. It's hit yeah. and miss. Yeah. Um, I like Tilda. In it. Well, Tilda is also embarrassingly off. Well, you know what? She's nah. supposed. To... Right. No, no. I was going to say in in Oakja, Tilda Swinton is also. He loves yeah. Tilda Swinton. Apparently, it's very clear. Mm-hmm. He loves her, and he lets her do whatever she wants, and it's a little wacky. Uh, but yeah, the Jake Gyllenhaal stuff is a highlight as far as embarrassingly bad. Hmm. Yeah. So I should so, watch the first ten minutes. No, you got to stick with it. You got to see the whole thing. You got to see where it goes. The, the last scene in Oakja is definitely worth it. Uh, I say the last scene. There's a scene after the credits that I kind of wished I hadn't have sat through. Where they find uh, the diamonds in the penis possibly. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You don't need right. to sit for that scene. The, the penultimate scene in Oakja is great. It was implied in, in Oakja's uh, countenance. Yeah. yeah. And Digus, you've never heard of this? You, don't, you haven't seen pictures of the big old hippo thing? No, I don't know what that means. Right. Uh, what a super I, I really avoid a lot of movie stuff until I see them. Uh, well, you should see this. My my sister who uh, hates. You're saying I should see Oakja. Do I need to see Snowpiercer first? No, no. Uh, Snowpiercer. You, you've you. waved me off of right. Snowpiercer before, and I'm and i happily not bothered. But watch Twin Peaks. I was wrong on that one. <laughs> All right, fine. Twin All right, Peaks. Kelly Wand. Well, we're, wait, what were you going to yes. say about your sister? Oh, my sister, who is super squeamish about movies where uh, bad things happen to animals. I mean, even though she knows it's real and it's even when it's CG, she asked me, should I see Okja? And I almost waved her off of it because it is about it's it's about a relationship to animals as pets, as food, uh, as resources. uh, And there are Mm. some oogie bits where they kind of uh, let's just say I think uh, Bong Joon-ho wanted to make a movie for vegetarians who are vegetarians for philosophical reasons. And it's uh, not really a perspective I necessarily agree with. I can understand that's me. That. Well, this is a movie for them. It's for you, Kelly Wand. And the thing is, it's for my sister, even though she's super squeamish about scenes where bad things happen to animals. Yeah. Yeah. And she would be fine harsh. with the end of very bad things then. Does a bad thing happen to an animal? No, she would be fine with it because a bad thing does not happen to an animal when you well, think it is. A little there's, bit there's a really dumb movie yeah, where right. I forget who it is. I want to say someone like Ethan Hawke. So there's a uh, woman who lives in a in a the penthouse uh, apartment of a, a high rise, right? But she's blind, and she somehow gets I don't know diamonds or something yeah. like that. And and some villains break into her house and are like, Hepburn, "Give us, right? give us the diamonds." Exactly. It's like that Audrey Hepburn "Wait Until Dark" movie. Uh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or alone after dark. I, I knew that. So uh, villains break in, and they're like, "Give us the diamonds." And I think it's Ethan Hawke. It might be wrong. Maybe Stanley Tucci. Someone I forget. Uh, but one oh of the God. things that the villain does to the blind woman, uh, and she actually I don't think knows where. I don't even remember if it's the diamonds. She doesn't know what's up, so she can't give up whatever they want to know, whatever information. It might be a painting. Anyway, so the villain takes her cat and says, "I'm going to throw your cat off of." This high-rise balcony, 
But the woman is blind. So he's, I think he says he's going to do it, and he doesn't do it to trick her. And we're thinking, oh, the movie can't kill the cat. That's, that's cute. But then later he does do it, and I hated the movie at that point. He throws a freaking cat off the balcony of a you know, 50-story tall skyscraper. And at that point, I broke up with the movie. I was like, screw you, movie. I don't like you. I don't like yeah. your villain. Uh, but then here's the thing. If you watch, and I forget if it was after the credits, I think it's even before the credits. The very last scene of the movie uh, shows the cat walking around on the street, and he's fine. Of course, Ow. yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know, sometimes cats they, they always up. land on their feet. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Does, is but, there a Doppler meow? I don't know. Maybe it's a flashback. No, it's it's the director wanting you to say, "Hey, you remember how you felt bad about the cat getting killed? Well, guess what? It didn't. I was messing with you, just like the villain was messing with the blind woman. The cat's Unless you turned off the movie when the credits started, like most people, yeah. then you go to bed thinking a dead cat. Yep. You don't know the cat's okay. Don't know. Kelly Wand, what's your third favorite award ceremony? My number three is kind of the opposite of Dingus's. Uh, I'll do a quote from it. You take your trophy and shove it up your ass. Yeah. Uh, Ike Barinholtz and Sisters. Uh, I don't know who they are, but um, <laughs> it's from the motion picture, The Bad News Bears. Oh, my gosh. You can see this coming. Yep. The, uh, the one with Billy Bob Thornton? <laughs> no. Fuck that near beer horse shit. It's I Walter Matthau, bro. I always Angle love when Tom does that to you. It's one of my favorite things. I wonder. I, mean, I haven't seen that atrocity, so I don't know if this is the same ending in the Billy Bob Thornton one. But in the '76 one, they lose the big game to the Yankees at the end, the Dick Kids. And uh, wait, what? There's like they give out trophies, and so they they give out the gigantic the ginormous trophy to the the bad team, and then they give the Bears this little tiny, like, okay, here's yours, and it's like, and like fits in the palm of their hand. And then they just, like, go, fuck your man, like, they throw the trophy at the other team and start cheering, like, they totally just do this total dick move, like, yeah, fuck you! We're gonna kill you next year, dick! Like, they're totally non-gracious. It's great. I hope it's R-rated, because I wouldn't want children to watch this movie and be taught bad sportsmanship. Did what? You did you call them the Dick Kids? Yeah, the Dick Kids. The Yankees. Are they Vic called Morrow that? Vic Morrow's their coach. No, they're the Yankees. But Vic Morrow's like the the mean. He's their coach. He's like a dick to them. He like his son's on the team, and he like gives the son total shit if he's like, "I told you to walk him. Come on." He like hits him. Gets really harsh. I guess uh, Burt Lancaster's kid, uh, kid, Brad Lancaster, author of the thing. Wrote Bad News Bears. Wait, too. what? Yeah, same guy who wrote The Thing wrote Bad News Bears. Joseph Campbell wrote The Thing. What are you talking about? No, the movie, the Kurt Russell one. Scripts by John Brad Carpenter Lane. didn't write that? No. And he didn't oh, do the music so either. What? No, Ennio yeah. Morricone did. But uh, he didn't right. write The Thing. I'm disappointed. All right. No, but Lancaster's son. Lancaster's son right. wrote John Carpenter's The Thing. Wow, okay. And Bad News Bears. So if you watch those bat movies back to back, you're really... In Brad Lancaster's head, Bill Lancaster. Wait, what did Maybe you say? Any more? What did you say? Any more? He did the music for the thing, but it's very John Carpenter oh, sounding. Right. Okay. All right. Sounds Carpenter-ier. Dingus, what is the second best award ceremony in all of moviedom? I like the word Carpenter-ier. Carpenter-ier. 
Carpeteria. Now I'm going to start to be put in jail, and Uh I imagine I'm going to be put in uh, solitary confinement. I'm so glad because, Dingus, I'm worried about my my second choice, so I'm I'm hoping that you're going to blaze the trail for lawlessness and that I will get in less trouble. I'm glad. Um, My second and third are horrible, uh, and uh, I'm just happy that we have a terrible cop right now. Yeah, me too. Who is it? Uh, I don't know. Who could it be? All right, here is the quote from this movie. You broke your cherry. Uh, I'm not comfortable with that line. Sucker punch. Actually, nope. no, I feel like I've – is this recent, Dingus? No, like, it's not recent, oh, but I okay. have brought it up recently. Oh, it's got to be something like Singing in the Rain. No, it, yeah, can you imagine that from Singing in the Rain? Sure, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they used to talk back then. A song from Singing in the Rain. <laughs> hey, you, you broke, broke your cherry. cherry. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Is it no Prince movie? It is not under the cherry moon or whatever. No, uh, it is from. Did I tell you called... real quick? I want to hear. I, I want to hear what this is. But I used to work construction. Not really, but one summer <laughs> in college, I worked on a construction <laughs> crew. And what? It's not funny. It's a real thing. And one of the guys on the construction crew had a tattoo on his forearm that said "Cherry Buster." Cherry or cherry? Cherry. Cherry buster. Oh. His arm was his penis? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, gross. You made it even worse than it was previously, Kelly Wand. That's what I would have said to him. All right, Diggis, so go ahead. You broke your cherry is from a movie called? As long as they could put a condom over that arm, that'd be fine. I should get that tattooed on my penis. Thank you, Kelly. That's what he would have said with his jackhammer out. Get it? All right, so this is uh, from a movie called Goodfellas, and um, this is a an award ceremony that happens just oh, – What? Oh, I, I like that Dingus knows he's in trouble. Go ahead. Just uh, – it happens all of a sudden. All right, so um, this is when uh, Henry Hill, who at this point is being played by uh, an actor named Christopher Cerrone – uh, this is really the only thing he did. Wait, this uh, is the one I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say the Joe Pesci. Yeah, made. me too. <laughs> no, no. And I was, I was kind of warming to that idea. Like, well, yeah, it is an award ceremony, and it was a no, cute, no. Cute, cute dingus choice. Like, yeah, this is this is great ceremony. as Henry Hill, as young Henry. This is the first time he's been pinched, um, and he's gotten pinched selling cigarettes outside of uh, a factory. Uh, where he's standing out there and he's selling cigarettes off the back, uh, you know, out of a out of a trunk, and the cops come and they throw him in the in jail, and he has to go in front of a judge, and he uh, he does the right thing. He doesn't he doesn't rat anybody else. He doesn't talk about anybody, and so um, Robert De Niro's character comes and says, "You did the right thing," and he puts. Uh, like a hundred dollar bill in his pocket. He's like, "This is your, this is your present. This is your graduation present, basically." Uh, and then he walks out of the courtroom because, you know, the understanding between the uh, lawyer who's representing him and the judge is that all of this is arranged and he's going to get sprung and it's fine as long as he didn't give anybody up, it's fine. And he walks out of the courtroom and Paul Servino and everybody else in the family, in the family that he's a part of, that he's become a part of. Uh, but he can never be uh, 
a made man because you know his father's Italian, Irish rather, and his mother's Italian, Sicilian. Um, but they're all waiting for him there as he comes out of that room, uh, out of that back door of the courtroom, and they're all there and they all cheer for him, and they're all like ah. And Paul Servina says, "You broke your cherry," and they're all so excited about the fact that that he's basically um, uh, done the right thing. He hasn't given anybody up. He's gotten this uh, couple hundred dollars from Robert De Niro's character, and it's this weird little award ceremony for the fact that he's broke his cherry and being pinched the first time and done it the right way gotten released and now he's even more part of the family officer wand are you waving this man through or are you asking him to exit the car and please stand over here i'm still a little bummed it wasn't pesci getting shot in the head as an award but i wasn't really listening so i'm gonna allow it <laughs> all right good. I, I knew you i knew i knew if i talked long enough you would stop listening yeah yeah. Uh, I used the Pesci thing before for interruptions, so I didn't think that was a good award. Kelly Wand, were you convinced? Did you believe it when Dingus tried to use the word pinched for arrested? And for cherries. <laughs> he said something like, yeah, so he pinched the cherry in the correct way. <laughs> he said that really somberly a few minutes ago, <laughs> just as I smoked pot. Like, yeah, somberly. Don't All miss right. the cherry. Dingus speaks it true. Dingus gets hey, away with good fellows. Then here's my second favorite award ceremony. I have a weird one too, so I'm going to be lenient. So just oh, like, good. All right, good, Officer Wong. I'm glad to hear it. It's uh, tricky. This is getting. This is like you're worried the cop is going to pull you over, and instead he pulls you over and asks if you have any weed, and he sits yeah. and smokes it with you. You're Ellen Barkett, and this is the Big Easy, if you know what I'm saying. I don't know what you're saying. I'm afraid I, I, I don't that movie. Uh, my I think, second uh, favorite Kelly wants more one of the cops from Superbad. Oh, mm, I don't know how I feel I'm, about that, Dingus. But I would have felt that very differently about that comment before Trainwreck and Skeleton Twins. Yeah, good point. But now when you say that, I feel uh, like hater. that's cool. Yeah. Hater's going to hate. Not good. I don't hate Hater anymore. I love Hater. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a hater. Uh, cop wise, I'm like Junior from Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> I got that reference, Daddy. I All got right. a pee. Tom, My I second, love. Yes. I love that you're a hater lover. I am. I'm, I'm a hater, hater lover. Now. I think a lot of us love hater now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my second favorite award ceremony is in a trailer outside of a nightclub in Backwoods, Oregon, where. Patrick Stewart gives Macon Blair a set of red shoelaces. Uh, so like it's not that. a ceremony per se, but that's kind of the point of it. Because in Green Room, which is about these white supremacists, uh, they have to kind of be white supremacists in a casual, more insidious way. They can't just announce it. They can't have big, elaborate ceremonies. So the inner circle is at some point taken aside by Patrick Stewart and given a set of red shoelaces to indicate – and there's even a word like who's on the list or who's in the circle. I forget the term, but they definitely – oh, no, I'm going to need a few of the faithful. There's something like that. There's, there's a, a term 
uh, it's almost like a coded phrase that Patrick Stewart uses to refer to people who are in the inner circle. And when he gives Macon Blair the red shoelaces, uh, that's how that establishes he's in the inner circle. And it made me think of, in terms of regarding this as an award ceremony, it made me think of an observation Dingus made about Green Room in that in order to cultivate these young men as white supremacists, there was almost a sense of, of winning them over like they're hapless dogs, like creatures that you kind of have to cow and tame and then bring into the circle and then unleash their kind of viciousness in a contained way. You have to control that. You have to sort of bring it to heel in a way. Uh, and it. one of the ways he does that is this whole private, hey, I'm giving you some red shoelaces. And you sort of see that when he does that with Macon Blair in the trailer. Unfortunately, well, fortunately, it goes a very different way when Macon Blair gets his shoelaces. So, Kelly Wand, am I being waved through or am I being pulled over? Well, it is an award. Thank you. Thank you so much. I feel like that you've just told me to drive on. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, the prison's already overcrowded. <laughs> well, I think you're saying that, too, because you're worried about your number two favorite award ceremony. What do you have? No, that's all right. My number one's the issues one. It might right. be, and you, you'll be the one to catch me. So just remember I let you go. I will. My number two favorite awards ceremony. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love my topic. I'm a genius for thinking up this. Uh, my number two is, um, I'll do a quote from it. Um, telekinetic. I uh, gotcha. The Fury. No. Carrie. Yeah. So I don't know why you said the Fury. fury. <laughs> Jesus. You, you said telekinetic, and that's where I went. But yeah, okay. Of course. It's kind of funny that he made a ripoff of Carrie with almost the same title. And then put the. Is that before or after Carrie the Fury? After. Oh my God! Are you serious? Yeah. Wait, wait. That's that. Which one? I did think you it's ask? before. Twenties. Carrie came first. What did I? What I say? You said Carrie came first. That the Fury was after, but I would have guessed that the Fury predated Carrie. No, there's no book of the Fury. Hello. Or is there? I don't know. Is there a YA novel called The Fury? Yes, you it's young about? adult fiction. Exactly. Love Hewitts. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Carrie, the prom um, night is my second favorite award. <laughs> and what does she win exactly? She wins her self-respect and some pig's blood. In that order. Yeah. But I like the idea of an awards ceremony where uh, you kill the whole audience. And so. Right. Um, yeah. Now, wait, are we talking about the Carrie with Chloe Morris yeah. Grace? What? No. What? I hate oh, that thing. All right. I, don't know I why hate the would. idea that Chloe Grace Moritz would be unpopular and go, oh, that freaky. Because in the book, she's fat. She's like, even Sissy Spacex, like, too hot for Carrie, really, in the first Carrie. But she at least plays her really, like, dopey and weird and, and shy. Yeah. And then Chloe Grace Moritz trying to do that. But um, who are we kidding? Come on. That's Carrie? You can tell the too? It's like a superpower. Whatever. What do you think of Chloe Moritz Grace in the remake of Suspiria? Is she in that? She's the lead. Uh, I'm sure she's great. <laughs> you don't sound very convinced. All right. I liked her as a girl, and then she kept making movies. I know. Yeah, I know. Didn't we it's all? It's been a problem. Oh, man. Marina, the, what's the Denzel Washington one where she's the hooker? Oh, the equalizer. Yeah, she's like the hooker with the heart of gold. Yeah, who he's reading, he's reading Hemingway, and she's all curious about him, and he saves her. 
Yeah. Haha, ha, you guys had to see that movie for the podcast. Haha. Ha. We're there for that? Yeah, you I was were. not. I dodged it. Nope, I dodged that one. I only saw it after the fact. Yeah. Then you went and saw Interstellar with it. <sighs> oh, so good. Are there oh, award ceremonies in Interstellar? Hold on, I have to change my number one pick. Uh, all right, he wins uh, control over time and space. All right. When they turn over the balls at the beginning on the tables. That's Don't make fun of those. those people actually survived the, the dust bowl, Caliwan. Don't make fun of them. Uh, there's a wormhole right next to the hospital or whatever. It's fucking stupid. Diggis, what's the best award Dumb. ceremony? Dumb. Movie Deus Ex Machina. No, it's not. It's totally set. It's yeah. a... It's recursiveness. It's not Deus Ex Machina. Are you acquainted with Christopher Nolan's writings at all? Jonathan Nolan's writings at all? Ellie Wand? Yeah. That's how I know I'm right. Because I saw Dark Knight Rises, where Batman dies. They, and... I don't know what you're talking about. They didn't, you know. That, that movie doesn't count. Everything but that. And Inception, not Inception. You know what? No, I'm counting yeah. Inception. Inception? What are you counting it as? Uh, an example of recursiveness <laughs> rather than Deus Ex Machina. Like things looping around. Or things nested. <laughs> Don't make that fart sound. That I'll give you that one because Inception is dream anyway, so the rules are kind of dumb. Hello, Interstellar. It's it's that's it's, science. It's supposed to be science. It's not quanta, fucking it's, it's black hole science, Kelly Wand. Oh God, Interstellar. Yeah, I'm in the bookcase. My daughter. Wait, I'll do the like. I don't know. Go It'd on. be impossible for me. To find myself in that situation and not go, wait, I'm not going to do it. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm not going to because I want to see what happens. And then, like, the universe tears apart. But wait, you, then, if you didn't do it, then it wouldn't have happened and you wouldn't see? be there. But if I thought of that at the time, before I did it, would I do it without force of will? Like, would, like, the cosmos go, no, you have to do it. All right, like, Kelly Wand, quit trying to poke holes in Interstellar because a scientist named Kip Thorne promised that the science in that is serious and dingus knows this this is real science it's real science compared to armageddon your other favorite oh that one's so good too but interstellar way way better the movie they make nasa cadets watch to point out how dumb it is and like the number of ways it's wrong armageddon is not right but armageddon please no one cares if armageddon is real about about science and actually I i personally don't care if interstellar has real science i think that's a dumb selling point no one goes to a movie to see real science. If you want to know about real science, take a class or read a book. Don't go to a movie. What about I agree. the Martian? That's why the whole Kip Thorne thing is dumb. I also no, I agree that, with you. You know that, that Yes, I agree with you. That, the Kip um, Thorne thing is dumb. That Kelly thinks that there's such a thing as NASA cadets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kids in space camp. I'm picturing Luke Skywalker. They're space cadets. Yes, <laughs> NASA cadets. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They're like the kids in uh, what was that shoot that uh, Asa Butterworth thing, Ender's Game. <laughs> oh jeez, uh, yeah. They're cadets. Oh, yeah. I like how Luke is a space farmer. He's yeah. never flown a swing before, and they go, "All right, well we have a suit that fits you. Go in there. You're the you're Red Five. We didn't have one. We only had four for everybody, except Red. And then he's the best at it too." Do you know that a friend of mine pointed out that at the end of Rogue One, we see Red Five getting killed, and that's why that explains why oh, there's, a there's a vacancy. Yeah, that's why there's a vacancy in Red Squadron. <laughs> also, uh, Kelly uh, thinks that Luke is a space farmer. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. He's a moisture farmer. But out in he's space, not farming space. Well, he's out in another planet. That's space. 
Yes, but he's a moisture farmer. Who's going to farm his base? Dingus, what do you what have to the harvest? Dingus, what do you have to cross to get to Tatooine? Tashi Station. Kelly, one, you're just sabotaging your own point. I was trying to defend oh, you. Okay. Yeah, whatever Tom's saying. <laughs> he's right. Dingus, you. Kelly, one, spell Tashi Station, not the station uh, part. The Tashi uh, part. Moretz, M-O-R-E. <laughs> Dingus, what is the best award ceremony in all of moviedom? Right, you quote from it. Yeah, he won that. It's a major award. <laughs> Your quotes are the worst. You know that? You never. They could be from anything. <laughs> yes, they could be. I agree with you. All right, this is from the movie uh, Christmas Story, and the major award is the leg lamp. That's, a, that's he, an award? I thought he ordered that's it. a gift. Yeah. It's a, no, it's a major award. It's not a gift. It's a major award. I he thought he, won, ordered, he sent off it. for that. No, he did not. He won a contest. It's a major award. And oh. he unpacks it. There's this huge thing that happens with a family where it's like, da, 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 da. He pulls it out, and there's people out on the street watching him put it up in the window and there's a dude across the street with other dudes across the street going yeah he won that that's is this a, a dream major sequence? award no no it's not a dream sequence what Happens did he do to time. win it he he was in a contest he but what did he was do a what writing was... contest it was oh. it was a writing contest it was like oh. it's like one of these things where you're like you know oh you're in a contest right now write in you can win this you, it's it's you know it's like uh i don't know doing that monopoly thing that you can do at the supermarket or something like that so he wins this major award and he's super excited it's a major award he's so happy and this huge package arrives at the house in this in this crate he's like i won a major award i won this contest and he unpacks the thing and it's this lamp with uh that that is in the shape of a of a woman's leg with fishnet stockings on it and he puts the lamp on and he's super proud because he won this major award and the ceremony basically is him unpacking this this crate and pulling this thing out from the crate putting it on the table and people across the street going he won that that's a major award kelly Wan, do you accept that as a ceremony yeah, totally. It's great. <laughs> Whatever you just said is awesome. The one is totally given up. It's, it's a very good one. I almost had that one. All right. That's my new number three, whatever Dingus just said. All right, let me take you off know. Bad News Bears. The one Red with five. Uh, the Billy so Bob Thornton Bad News Bears is now removed, right. and I'm putting in Christmas Story with Carl Malden. All right. What? Wait. No, wait. Oh, who is the oh. guy? Shoot, who plays who plays the dad? Did you the say Carl Malden? No, I did not. Who is the dad in Christmas story? It's someone like I that, wish right? Because now it, I'm picturing it, that movie with Carl it's, Malden. It's uh, my life. Uh, I think it's Darren um, Oh Darren McGavin. Thank you. Darren McGavin. Thank oh my you. gosh, Carl Malden. I don't even know Carl Malden. Wow. Yeah, how did you up. how did you pull McGavin out? Because I actually knew because sometimes when I'm wrong, some somewhere in my brain I know I'm wrong. And that was oh, okay. Yeah, but he looks like Carl Malden. They have both like the butt nose thing, right? Don't they both have that? <laughs> okay, yeah. Why so it's very offended? And sort of a Jerry Orbach thing there. Yeah, yeah. Orbach. All right, my favorite award ceremony in a movie. I was so I was so glad to find this, especially in light of what we're seeing uh, next week. 
if you – one of the things I love about Sofia Coppola's Somewhere is that the very first scene of the movie, ah. you know if you're going to be into the movie. Uh, if you watch the first scene and you're like, okay, already – Get out. It's not for you. It is not a movie for you because the opening scene of Somewhere is Stephen Dorff just driving his – it's a Porsche or Lamborghini or some fancy sports car he's got because he's a famous movie star. He's just driving it in a circle, and Sofia Coppola just shows this car. I mean I think it's even a, a static shot. He's driving around in a circle, and that happens for quite some time, and it's a, an important point of the movie. And if you're like, oh my god, I get the point already. Cut to another scene. This movie is not for you. Now, uh, if you leave, you will miss what I think is some great insight into the nature of celebrity, uh, the life of an actor. Uh, it's, it's a lovely father-daughter relationship, and I think it comes from a lot of her own experience. Uh, like she talks about uh, Lost in Transit. Well, I, I just think it's something that Sofia Coppola clearly knows personally, and this comes through in the, the movie. So at one point in the movie, it's about Stephen Dorff as a famous movie star named uh, Johnny Marco, I think, and his daughter, who is played by the less talented Dakota, uh, but she's still very good in this one. Uh, no, no, the less talented Fanning. I'm sorry. Uh, his daughter played by Elle Fanning, and it's about their relationship. Uh, and at a certain point, he's got to go to Italy because he's promoting some action movie that he's made. And in Italy, uh, there, he's got to go to like a junket there, and he's got to go to an awards ceremony. And it turns out he's got to take care of his daughter while he's there, so he brings her along. He's like, come with me to Italy. And Sofia Coppola shoots the award ceremony that he's getting an award at, and it is in a microcosm what somewhere, kind of like Stephen Dorff driving that, that sports car around in a circle, it's the point of the movie in that he gets up there uh, – He's brought his daughter, and she's, uh, you know, Elle Fanning. You can clearly see in this scene, by the way. Oh yeah, Elle Fanning's the chick that is going to be a neon demon. I, I see it now because she gets all gussied up to go to the award ceremony. Uh, and they're sitting in the award ceremony, and Sofia Coppola shoots it, and it's it, it's inane and it's colorful and it's glitzy. And up on the stage, there are these two giant gold statues of these goofy cartoon cats. And there's an old guy who thinks he's super funny and a hot chick, and they're speaking Italian, and we don't get subtitles because no one can – the point of the scene is it doesn't matter what they're saying. We know from the cadence and the beats, the old guy is telling some dumb joke, and the, the hot chick is pretending they're trying to get this stage rapport going, and it's dumb. Someone gets up there and accepts an award, and you know he's just thanking people, and then he gets off the stage, and the award's the dumb gold cat. Uh, and then – they they say that they the guy's speaking in Italian and you hear the words like uh, Meryl Streep, Warren Beatty. You hear famous people in the Italian, whatever that's being said, and then they say Johnny Marco and they point to Stephen Dorff and he comes up and he receives an award and he's rehearsed something in Italian that he clearly doesn't speak uh, and it's super colorful and brightly lit and he's giving this speech and his daughter's in the front row watching and partway through the speech music starts playing and these dancing girls come out from behind him and they start doing a musical number he doesn't know where to stand like he wasn't told this was going to happen he clearly has no idea what's going on while these dan this musical numbers happening around him and to her immense credit Sofia Coppola doesn't cut away we watch that whole music musical number with Stephen Dorff standing there confused and there's a great moment where he looks out at his daughter and kind of shrugs and it's it's the point of the movie it's this man caught up in this pointless glitz that that nobody understands and he's connecting with his daughter while it's happening and Aww. she's he's helpless he's removed but she is so completely charmed and she's so proud of him uh, and I just love that little moment in somewhere 
that is based on the inanity of awards ceremonies. Mm. So, Kelly Wan, am I getting pulled over for that? No, that get, that wins an award. Yeah, Sweet. Seriously great. Oh, man. I love that movie, and I didn't even think of that. Do you guys remember that he's wearing a cast the whole time? No. I'd forgotten about that, too. So when I started, when I went to the award ceremony scene, he had the cast on. I was like, yeah, I vaguely remember the cast. Why does he have the cast on? So I started watching it, and after the scene where he's driving around in a circle, there's a scene of him at the Chateau Marmont, which is where a lot of the movie takes place, with his entourage. And he's coming down the stairs, and he falls down the stairs out of the frame. And then the next shot is him, and he doesn't have the cast on. The next shot is him with the cast, and he has the cast on through the rest of the movie. But it opens with him falling down the stairs and then being being put in a cast on his arm for the rest of the movie. Huh. Oh, man. We could have chosen that for stairs. Oh, my gosh, Dingus, you're so right. Yeah. And casts. And also twins. They're twin strippers. They're these amazing bits where he's watching. Oh, yeah twins doing a strip actually they're not even stripping it's just a dance routine a pole dance routine and they put that awful pole that awful fake pole in the yeah yeah exactly they set up poles in his hotel room <sighs> uh and he falls asleep watching them he's just yeah that yeah, yeah. He's so that would to sleep too oh, i love that movie i've actually been looking forward to watching that movie before we see um whatever movie we're going to see apparently uh, it's a remake of a clint eastwood movie next week I god i i love i love that movie so much tom that's such a great choice oh maybe, it's, maybe it's time for you to go back and watch uh, uh virgin suicides again uh yep i believe you're right about that uh but uh, seriously i forgot the whole cast thing too and my kid's in a cast right now. that's right that's what i thought of too, because that's why i was looking at it, it. Is? your your son has been uh, stomping around with a cast on his leg why yeah. What Dingus do? Dingus oh. let him play soccer. <laughs> uh, no, we were we were doing karate practice in the house, and I kicked his leg. No, he, he he kicked some other kid when they were playing soccer, and he broke his foot. Ah, uh, what? You should see the other guy. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, that you would think that, but the other guy was fine. It just goes to show that sports is never a good idea. Who uh, won the game? The game of soccer. Soccer. Soccer wins. Raiders. Soccer punch. Actually, who actually won was FIFA 2017. <laughs> That's how he got his leg broken, playing a video game? No, but, but FIFA's getting a lot more attention because of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he can't play actual soccer now. Poor kid. But as soon as Tom said the word cast, I immediately thought, oh, man. Time to teach him fantasy soccer. So he can I didn't realize that uh, Stephen Dorff had a cast on the whole time. I wouldn't even I – I haven't seen that movie in so long. It's so it's so cool. Yeah, I just watched bits of it, but I'm looking forward to rewatching it. Ah, oh, me too. I don't Damn. see movies they don't see the injury on screen. <laughs> I, love, I love also just it, it's, it's Sofia Coppola understanding composition the strip tease the way she frames the strip tease sometimes the girls like go out of frame and you just see their like feet waving up but I love creative framing like that and I love too how she doesn't cut away she just gives us long shots with the framing basically having a role in the shot uh, which I really like mm. Yeah. All right, Kelly Wand, I need to know from you just one thing. And what I need to know from you, what is the yeah. best award ceremony in all of moviedom? All right, I'm going to do a quote from it. All right. Uh, I'm James Woods. This isn't Scanners. Uh... Videodrome. Yeah. Award so... ceremony in Videodrome. What's the award ceremony in Videodrome? I hate that it's... movie. The movie's so dumb. I know. You don't understand it. It went over your head. I know. I know. You're like uh, the character in the movie. <laughs> 
<laughs> Max something. Or the what's friend. The, what's the award ceremony in video okay, games? Okay, so remember the character known as Barry Convex, the villain who puts the VR thing on his head. He's all, yeah, check it out. Huh. Right. And then Debbie Harry puts a, v, a video cassette in James Woods' uh, belly, Ab- right. abdomen, whatever nerd, whatever anatomy nerd. <laughs> so then uh, Barry Convex, there's like a, he's winning an award for best sunglasses or something. He, he what? Because he makes glasses. Are you thinking of Carl Reiner and the Jerk? No. There's no awards that they get sued in that. Oh. A lawsuit is like an award. That's true. (laughs) You've been served. That's like a... This is my favorite quote from this podcast. A lawsuit is like an award. Yeah. So the the villain makes sunglasses and he's getting an award. This does sound vaguely familiar. I watched this a while ago. Okay, go on. So Barry Convex is accepting his award for best sunglasses. Are you saying his name is Convex? Yeah. Barry Convex is Barry his Convex. Name. Yeah, it's a it's a David Cronenberg movie, so you know that right. they're gonna have names like that. Because there's another yeah. character named Professor Oblivion, so it's like you're watching a Marvel movie or something. All right, so then, making sure. So then James Woods, in the middle of the awards ceremony for best sunglasses. Comes up on stage while everyone's clapping, and he has like. Oh, right, at the end of the movie. You're talking about the end of the movie. Yeah, of course. No, this is a good one, Kelly Wand. Yeah, and he has. I forgot it was an award ceremony. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, best sunglasses. And so then he has a pistol melded to his hand by a tumor from Videodrome. And so he chases the guy around the stage, and everyone's still clapping. Like they go, oh, yeah, this is obviously part of the best sunglasses award and then he shoots the guy and then a bunch of tumors explode out of his uh, chest and then james and, woods goes to a boat says long live the new flesh yeah long live the new flesh how's that is yeah. that good writing or bad writing kelly Wong? it's great writing nope bad writing what yep okay a it's true and b <laughs> um i forgot just see a again no Wait, he is, is, is Videodrome a character? I don't know. I've never no, seen it's, it's, uh, it's a dumb David Cronenberg movie about what? basically television and media. It's just Cronenberg in his early years faffing about, trying to be provocative, and just being clunky instead. <laughs> Kelly Wan, is that an accurate assessment of Videodrome? <laughs> no. But Kelly Wan said Videodrome caused this or that. Yeah, because like- He said Videodrome made a tumor. Yeah, because it's a television program that you can watch on VHS or by cable, and it's like you, it's S and M stuff. But then it it gives you cancer if you watch it. It's like so the it's ring. Like ring. Okay. Okay. Uh, also, makes you insane. Yeah, it, it's, it's a gun in your hand. Okay, what? Uh, I liked. I so I kind of like the brood, and the brood has that weird idea too about a tumor uh, growing out, except. In The Brood, tumors come from resentment and hatred and anger. Uh, this whole idea, he's just carrying that over and thinking, hey, instead of hatred and anger and, and weird sexuality, let's make it about TV. Right. That's dumb. But, TV, no. No, because it's, no? Uh, oh, I got it's it about a hidden channel. That, uh, it's on it's the, about it, violence on media and sexuality and violence in media. Yeah, but the whole idea that there's a snuff show channel – that's like on in Cambodia that you can get on your cable box. Like that's a period. That's something we don't have anymore because now we just have the stupid internet and also movies are lamer. But um, 
at the time, it seemed like, yeah, a Canadian uh, cable television droog would probably know something about a Debbie Harry starring porn show in Cambodia where they really kill people after they whip them. Hot girls. I do what like that award ceremony bit. So it's it's part it's the goofy snuff stuff thing. Is is that uh, so back then when was this movie like eighty. Three. Maybe 83, uh, yeah. Three. So back then, Dingus, the, the way you could be like super violent and sexual is you would have someone like being whipped, like hanging from the ceiling, and you whip them. And then because it's super psychosexual, the person turns into a TV, and they're whipping the TV itself. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And the TV's into it and going, oh. But yeah, it's yeah. The TV is a big old picture of like Debbie Harry's lips going, oh, oh. It's like Pavarotti. <laughs> That's it was so silly. So here's what I want to see, actually, Kelly Wand. I don't know how did I stumble across this. Uh, I've never a seen a novel, a video drum. Oh, what? No, I've never seen, seen rap. So I don't have seen either because it's a, it came out the same year as they came from within. I've never seen what I missed. What you said, Rabbit. Rabbit is David, an early David Cronenberg movie, uh, which I think is about. And don't tell me if I'm right or wrong, Kelly Wand. I think it's like more about infectious disease and maybe. The metaphor is about STDs or something. I'm not entirely sure. Don't tell me if I'm wrong. Let's uh, watch it together. I haven't seen it. All right. We'll do that thing like we watched Tentacles together where we hook yeah, up on ready? Skype and we run the movie at the same time. And, uh, yeah, we talk about it. It was great. Right uh, Rabbit is famous also because I think there's a porn actress named Marilyn Chambers. Isn't that right? That he cast. Oh, and she's right. kind of like a big deal back then. Mm-hmm. Could be wrong about that. Maybe I'm th- – yeah, no, I think that is Rabbit. So – all right, so Kelly Wand, uh, <sighs> goofy movie, but has a cool award ceremony scene. Yeah, I almost went with the one from Splice, but I couldn't remember if that was an award. <laughs> well, that wasn't an award. That was like a scientific presentation. And plus, yeah, we've already done that like three a, by three. There's a three right. by three presentations. That, yeah. But I do I, like that oh, part. I'm sure the listeners have some great awards ceremonies they want to tell you about. What do Not they have? many. They didn't okay. seem very interested in my theories. Right. A couple people did. Weimer never writes anymore. I'm very upset about that. Weimer used to be a, a weekly writer. He might have given up on movies. Or he just hates every topic. Possible. Keith Leith writes, Hello, number three, Carrie. As foretold, they all laughed at her, and she found it vexatious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't remember that being foretold. Oh, I guess that part was SpaceX. SpaceX is it? Sissy SpaceX. 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 You sound like you're talking about somebody from Welcome Back, Cotter. I can't wait till I move back to America and I can do this at night again instead of Monday morning. Fucking Germany. SpaceX blood-drenched visage terrified me on shopping trips as a child. Entry and exit from department stores was a gauntlet of bookshelves guarded by a malevolent evil with a gaze more terrible than a Gorgon, and that reflection would not dull its power. Turns out the film's cheesier than the still images. <laughs> yeah, it's a Palma. It's King. Right. Did you read the book? No. Why would I do that? <laughs> it's full of – half of it's like news clippings. Did oh, you know so- he didn't like Carrie. Stephen King threw Carrie in the trash, and his wife rescued it. Went, no, come on. It's like a reverse Dr. Jekyll. 
did she put a post-it oh. note on it saying, why is this in the trash? Right. She did. <laughs> and then it, it <laughs> made $400,000 for him. Like, here. He's like, oh, all right. Thanks, honey. Number two, Excalibur. Arthur pulls it out. Everyone gasps. A ceremony. <laughs> he tries to put it back. It's not an award. I know. I guess well, it is. I don't know. I've got dumber shit on that slide tonight for myself. So, <laughs> Arthur is the word of Sir Ector. As such, any ceremony involving him is a word ceremony. Oh, no. Look what I have to deal with. What? So this. Because he's a ward. So it's a word. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Just arrest him, Kelly Wan. Throw him in jail. You have the power. You have arrest powers. This is no basis for a system of government. See, my theory if you wouldn't pull it on a real cop, you should get pulled over. Like, if you were going to really go, oh, it's an award, officer, and not get shot. So this ceremony is the sword ceremony, a ward ceremony. Number one, sleeper. Uh oh. I know. They're all uh oh. Uh, this, one's, this one's for Dingus, I'm guessing. I'm a sleeper apologist. Miles Monroe's demolished psyche needs to be rebuilt using regression therapy to permit him to worship Timothy Leary's nose. Part of this reconstruction involves Mr. Monroe being crowned Miss America. Everything about this is as excellent as one would expect, particularly Woody Allen's or rather Miss Montana's huskily expressed promise to bring peace to all nations of the world, be it black, be they white, be it colored, be it whatever. Good day, Keith Leith. I can't imagine that 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 riff on maps from Miss South Carolina didn't ruin all jokes about beauty pageants. Like nothing you write about a beauty pageant could be funnier than what that poor Miss South Carolina actually said about maps in countries such as the Iraq and South Africa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what do you – I mean it seems like you're – the whole enterprise is silly because you're expecting like a beauty queen to have an opinion on something that – it seems like you're just being mean. Or is that the whole point of it? Let's let's give them trophies and like make them want to do it. And then get swimsuit contests, yada yada, and then the real money shot is them trying to say something smart. That's what happened. You put people like Donald Trump in charge. What do you expect is going to happen, Kelly Wand? <laughs> He's yeah, okay. <laughs> Why is he a connoisseur of beauty? Why is he considered? He's a big fat chimp. You're asking why a super rich, ugly man would want to shell out lots of money to surround himself with young, beautiful women? No, I get that. I'm just saying, why is he taken seriously by anyone else as an arbiter of pulchritude? Wait, wait. You think Donald Trump was taken seriously by anyone else other than a Donald Trump voter? I'm just saying, if we're going to – I'm pretending we live in an alternate universe where beauty contests are serious business, and I'm, right. and I'm analyzing it as a sport. Like, yeah. Do you know what uh, we got from beauty contests, by the way? Beauty contests are responsible for Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, just so you know. I was told she was in the Israeli army, too. Well, all people are. It's, a, it's, it's mandatory. I mean, we that's, all are. that's all nothing exceptional are. about being – well, all Israelis. <laughs> yeah, all Israel the- has a draft. You didn't do your term of service? Oh, Uh-oh. God. Oh, oh, no. Uh-oh. That is not exceptional to be in the Israeli army. Anyone who's Israeli is in the Israeli army. Anyone can be Wonder Woman. Any Jew. <laughs> That's a good point. Although I will say uh, – y- well, never mind. <laughs> 
Let's let's move on, Kelly Wan, before I say something that I shouldn't have. Anti-Semitic. About poor little Gal Gadot. Uh, little. I, mean, I should have said skinny. <laughs> I can't believe. Kelly, Tone, please. I mean, you, one us. of you has to be wrong, and I would think it's Dingus in this case. Like, she's not big. Is she tall, even? I thought she was short. All right, Arthur Giovanni Jelly writes number three, Tropic Thunder. Robert Downey Jr. presents Ben Stiller with the best actor Oscar at the end of the movie. <laughs> you know what? I don't remember anything from any movie now. I've decided because I remember the sleeper thing. Uh, Tom Cruise and his assistant watch the ceremony on television to remark that their movie won multiple awards and saved Stiller's career. <laughs> That's why it's your number three. Gotcha. Number Some two, like Zoolander. Oh I like it. Some people even like Zoolander, apparently. Um, actually, I thought of this one. I'm with them on Zoolander. I don't remember the Tropic Thunder one. While at the big annual awards for male models, Ben Stiller walks up to the stage to accept the award for the male model of the year. The only problem is that he didn't win the award. Owen Wilson did, making <laughs> Stiller's character look dumb. That sounds <laughs> funny. That is funny. That's a great gag, because he walks all the way up and, like, Everyone's just staring at him. He doesn't notice because he was so sure he was going to win. So he just starts doing the speech. All right. I'm on board with that. It's funny. It could never happen in real life, though. And there's some funny shit with coal miners because his dad's a coal miner. And he like, goes to the coal mine and he puts himself in blackface and jumps out at them. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's in Zoolander? Yeah. And they, and they scream and recoil in horror. He's like, ah! Vince Vaughn is one of his brothers, I think. And then, and then he's watching TV with his brothers and his dad, John Boyd, and it's like him as a merman at the bar. It's one of the, the weird things about uh, watching very bad things is that John Favreau is the lead dude. Yeah. He's, he's going back to Vegas to do crappy things. Yeah. But, I mean, right. Well, and Cameron Diaz is hell. She's like a hell wife. Yeah. So it makes you wonder what she saw in him or vice versa. I don't know. Very bad things. Number one, up. Russell goes to his scout troops award ceremony to receive his assistant <laughs> elderly badge. Aww. <laughs> Carl shows up to present him with the Ellie badge, which is a grape soda cap. Even though the Ellie badge isn't official, it's way cooler than any of the actual scout badges. Yeah. That's good. I like that. I'm an up apologist. Does up need apologist? Wait, yeah, I was going to say, what, why? There's no such yeah. thing. It's just you're you're someone who's seen up. You're not synonymous. Yeah. I'm just a Wally detractor. And then when what? I. What? Yeah, fuck Wally, man. Whoa, 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 what? Have we yeah. talked about this? What is your deal? I think that we have. Because every time Wally comes up, I instantly go into this mode of like. Oh. Because I don't like anything on the spaceship. I think it's boring. What would I think you it's rather watch? Earth. Because- Wally Interstellar. <laughs> Would you like your shit broiled or roasted? That's what you're really asking. All right, I'm going to make you watch both of them because you didn't have an answer. I guess uh, Wally. Nope, too late. Short. No, the, sorry, the opportunity's gone. You got to watch both of them now. <laughs> this is my number one favorite awards ceremony. What we're doing right now. <laughs> 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 Alexander Burns writes, hey, Bing Bongs, thanks for plentiful topic, Kelly Wong. <laughs> He's talking about you two. Uh-huh. Wait, 
Now we're bing bongs? <laughs> yep, bing bongs. That's something right. Kate McKinnon would have said in Rough Night. Number three, Hi. Scrooged. What? Hi, bing bongs. Hi, bing bongs. And he said, hey, bing bongs. We got a hey. It's uh, the right. informal high. Number three, Scrooged. Honestly, my entire family loves this movie, so I know it front to back. Before the first ghost haunts him, we find out how shitty of a person Frank Cross really is. During this montage, Frank wins a humanitarian award at a ceremony, explains to the crowd how much this award means to him, exits the ceremony where he steals a cab from an elderly woman, gives her the finger, and exits the cab, exits the cab and leaves the award on the car seat. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's all I got, I guess, and this is accurately labeled as number three. Later, taters. Alex. <laughs> he called you taters, haha. <laughs> what? We're bing bongs and taters? Yep. What a nightmare. It sounds like a British it does sound like a British meal. Bing bongs and taters. Once you got Vegemite in a pass. We're gonna have some bing bongs and titus. Titus. Titus grown. Alright, that's it. No one liked this topic. Everyone was disgusted and bored. I like so it. We got to talk about. Uh, you know. I liked it too. Was there uh, because uh, Chris brought up Chris Markinson brought up the bronze? Was there a medal ceremony in the bronze? Yeah, but she doesn't win, right? Like she, it goes to someone else. Well, her, like they're 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 calling up like who's going to uh, win, yeah. right? Isn't that right? I don't remember. But it's on her face while her protege is winning, right? Oh, all right. Which is still cool. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Wait, is that true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't she win at the end? Right, because then she leaves her and she goes with uh, uh, Winter Soldier. Right, because the protege turns out to be kind of a bitch. Right. was the twist, if I remember Mm. right. Anyway. That's that's my – I'm changing that to Kelly's number one. Yeah, you can change them all. (laughs) I don't care either. I agree with the listeners. All right. Runners up. Uh, Uh, I had also thought of crimes and misdemeanors because oh, dingus. But it doesn't quite work. Oh, why not? What? What's the uh, award? Because at the beginning, it's it's more of a dedication ceremony than it is oh. an award ceremony. Uh, okay. So he's being um, recognized, and he's up there after having had uh, Angela Houston killed, right? Like he's up there confronting Well, Jalica. Well, I call her Angela. She and I are close enough that I just – Well, the movie begins with him about to give this speech, right? Um, And his whole family sitting there at the table with him because this wing of this uh, of this hospital, he's this famous ophthalmologist, is being dedicated to him. Uh, I I watched this again. It's kind of like an award. It kind of is, um, but I I just couldn't quite bend it over. But uh, but it's not after she's been killed. It's it's after she's sent this letter to his wife he intercepts the letter and that's why he's so nervous before going up as he's read the letter and then thrown in the fireplace and then goes to give the speech and he's he hasn't talked to jerry orbach yet he hasn't talked to what jerry orbach yet no not yet and that's Isn't why that who plays the his his mob his, contact his brother that's not it's jerry orbach it is jerry orbach oh, but, so it, but it, 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 it's also his brother and his brother is the mob contact, okay. and I love their I love their relationship. I I, I love this movie so much. Um, but I walked, watched it again because I was looking for. I, I've been looking through a lot of Woody Allen movies because of the your uh, your topic about laughs. 
um, made me just start watching Woody Allen movies. But I, this, this opening ceremony where they're dedicating this wing of the hospital to him, it does feel like they're doing an award, but it doesn't quite get there. Not as good as, say, um, what's his name getting out of jail in <laughs> Sorry. You got away with it, Dingus. No, you, you succeeded. It's like you got out of jail. Yep. It's like you busted your cherry for not taking the 3x3 three three seriously. I got pinched. <laughs> Kelly Wan, did you have a runner-up? It sounded almost like you did. Uh, yeah. In Bridesmaids, is that an awards ceremony with Rose Byrne and Kristen Wiig like one-upping each other at the beginning? What are they going to win? No. Yeah. That's what I thought. It just it's looks dedication. like one because they both have microphones. So yeah, anytime that someone your... speaks into a microphone, they're going to win an award. You're right. That's the only time people speak into a microphone. Use that for your topic of favorite toasts. I couldn't think of any Oscars that were in movies that are good. There's got to be the player. Doesn't the player have the bit at the end? There was something I was trying to think of where, like, a character is is winning. Like everybody, like, puts like I don't know fake stuff on. You know, like like a fake crown on their head, and they roll them out, and like we're going to give you this award, and they give them a fake award because they couldn't have the actual award. I can't remember what the actual scene is though. Darn it! Drop dead gorgeous. Is that it? Because there's like a girl oh. in a wheelchair, and they put like yeah. a. No, I'm thinking like more of like a post-apocalyptic. Like we're gonna make a bunch of things out of paper and put them on your head, and roll them out. What? Uh, the rover? Did they I do that with? No, it's not the rover. Good lord, I can't think of it. I, I just I just have this image in my head of somebody being given a fake award for something. Dingus, we can't accept it as a three by three runner up unless you can think of the title. Yeah, right. the stickler. You are that's your superpower, the stickler. Stickler. Alright, well Dingus, then you've got to tell the listeners what is next week's three by three, how can they participate, and what movie should we see next week? Alright, next week's three by three is um waking up. This is your favorite uh characters waking up in all right you're gonna be in so much trouble if you're doing what i think you're doing dingus i'm gonna throw down <laughs> you are in so much trouble right now hey wizard of oz hey why, why am oh. i gonna be in trouble <laughs> i'm just saying there's gonna be i'm i'm coming and i'm bringing hell with me is that did i say that right when tom no. comes hell follows with him no that's not the line it's like oh. i'm i'm coming and hell's behind me and you'll see that's, that's, yeah, I know that does sound right. Tom, what's your problem? Wasn't that JFK? Did you watch Did you watch a movie that begins with the letter S recently because I told you to? <laughs> Never mind. Dingus, continue. Jesus. This is your what favorite moment of, of, of a character waking up or just waking up in general in movies. Waking up. I can't believe this. I can't believe this happened. Is Vader awake in episode three at the end when they put the mask on him? Like, is he asleep and then when they have to wake him up and put the mask no, on him? No, that's not. That's meditation. That's different. Or is that more of an awards ceremony? Maybe. Vader. All right. All so, right. This, so if you have ideas of your favorite moments where characters are waking up in a movie or whatever, zombies waking count? up in a movie, what'd you say? The zombies count? They're waking up from the dead? No, zombies don't count. What about a wake like a funeral where you laugh? No. 
And you can't choose surfboards either, because that's a wake. Stop it. What about a bear hibernating and then not hibernating? And Yogi <sighs> Bear with Justin Timberlake. Waking up from being asleep. Yeah. Is that hard? Waking up from being asleep. I got from... See what happens, Dingus, when you allow questions from the audience, and Kelly Wan is in the I didn't even allow the them. He just... He just oh, Kelly Wan, you're going to get pre-thrown in jail. Pre-thrown. <laughs> Prone. It's like a pre-crime. Yeah. What about where the force awakens? Yeah. Does that count? Ooh. Let me write that one down. Force. What's that milk called in Minority Report? Uh, photon milk. You have to yeah. sleep in it to detect uh, pre-crimes. Let's yeah. do some photon milk and put Kelly Wand in photon jail. All right. So anyway, if you have ideas about uh, three-by-threes of movies – about somebody waking up that you really, really like, send it into 3x3, that's 3x3 at quarter3.com. And if you have ideas about the movie we're going to do next week, which is The Beguiled. <sighs> oh! It's a remake Tom? of a Clint Eastwood movie. I can't believe this. What do you think it's about? I don't know. Cowboys or something. I just no, didn't. It's that. something that Clint Eastwood would be in. I mean, that right there is like, oh God! It'll trip you out when you see it, and you go, "That was Clint Eastwood." <laughs> I mean, play Misty for me. Otherwise, everything he did was a cowboy movie or a cop movie. Now this one's the. It, this is his weirdest. You know, what, stop talking. We're gonna watch it. Dingus, what yeah. is the movie? It's the Beguiled. It might just be about a guy, the Beguiled. All right. Um, and then. Also, send those into 3 by 3 at quarter3.com, 3x3 at quarter3.com, and please uh, label your email as The Beguiled if you want to just talk about that movie, which I hope you will, or uh, give it the topic of the 3 by 3 which is waking up. Ugh. And make sure to get those in by July 9th at midnight Pacific, which is when we record. Any time up until then, we will accept emails. So join us for that. Okay. I am Tom. I have, yes, yes, Kelly Wan, go ahead. Sorry. An extra day next week, so they should have another day. Ah, well, that Kelly Wan, that's just for the sake of consistency. Don't tell them that. They don't need to know that. Uh, yeah. If they miss the deadline, they get lucky. But we're not going to make that. We're just going to announce a week. We're just going to give them that amount of time. So. What? So Kelly, I'm going to. Otherwise, the kids will never get their papers in on time. Yeah, Kelly, one don't don't start handing out extensions. Seriously, uh, that's all I'm saying. Uh, all right, join us for that next week. The beguiled and characters waking up. I just want to point out my picks will be announced before Dingus's pick, so it will be clear that he has stolen things from me. I am Tom <laughs> Chick. I am here with Christian Minkowski. <laughs> my name is Christian Murawski. And Kelly Wand. Why did I write my notes? Two butts would be luxurious. Come home in the morning, like my mother says, when you're gonna live your life right. Oh, mother dear, we're not the fortune you want. And girls, they wanna have fun. Oh, girls, just wanna have fun. Quarter to three, the official fraction of Luciano Pavarotti. <laughs> You're just going to have to jerk off as the Italians do, to your memories. I swore an oath to keep it secret. This lie has kept apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years. We were afraid if the Queen's heart was destroyed, you'd lose your immortality or die. That wasn't your choice to make! I'm good Italian. I'm going to go take a protest dump.
Ew. Uh, I'll have what she's having. 